James Bond. James Bond. What do you think you're doing? Keeping the British hand up, sir. Grow up, 007. <laughs> this never happened to the other fellow. Under money. Every penny of it. So you put your money where your mouth is. Well, it's quite a nice little nothing you're almost wearing. I approve. I'll do anything for a woman with a knife. Shocking, positively shocking. You get your clothes on, I'll buy you a nice trade. <laughs> we are here on double O seven, double O seven, double O seven. I've, I've been reading too much of Noah's, Noah's AI has reconvinced me that this is double O seven, the podcast hosted by Colin Elding, Ben Waterworth, and David Lee. Oh, David, uh, I love him. We're going to hope David Lee has some strong opinions today on Ian Fleming's nine short stories for Bond, uh, otherwise known as For Your Eyes Only, the collection, and Octopussy and the Living Daylights, the collection. Uh, and we know, if nothing else, David Lee has a better recipe for scrambled eggs that maybe requires a little less butter. Uh, <laughs> we're a little less eggs. My God. Bond's too much eggs in your scrambled eggs. We're not animals here. Too little, too little quiche. More quiche needed in his scrambled eggs. More quiche. I, I, had to re I had to re look it up in two different sources because I couldn't know my reading. This right? 12 eggs? <laughs> you monster. Serves one. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love, I love scrambled eggs, but James Bond, I have, you have Daniel Craig's body on the 12 eggs. Protein. Tell me your secrets, Daniel. Goes right through him. So that recovery yeah. time he's had it's, in hospital. That's all he eats, eggs. Mm. <laughs> it's just um, eggs. We're going to rank the short stories here, but also apparently talk about the overall collections. Uh, <laughs> that was our pre-production meeting. <laughs> And we, we're finally going to get to talk yes. about 007 in New York, the uh, the, the, the yes. most anticipated adaptation 
that apparently already happened. Uh, so I reread this for the first time. Uh, my name is Colin, and I have a dream of marrying an air hostess. Oh, wow. That wasn't my intro, but I kind of wish I stole that one. Um, well, I'm, I'm annoyed because you, you ruined mine. But my name is David Lee or uh, Jonathan Wilkins or <laughs> Daniel Craig. Thanks, Colin. Oh, that you quote. Oh, I thought you were like going to add. And what's your name? Oh. <laughs> oh, that's enough. I thought well, there was more you? to it. Like, I, I don't know. We've done 120 odd episodes. I oh, thought there was a stream. All right. Sorry. And my name is Ben. Age, three names. Everything's in surplus. My, my name is Ben. Where, where in hell is our goddamn oh. fish? I'm um, guessing that's Octopussy. That's my guess. <laughs> no, that's the Hildebrand yeah, rarity. Actually... Oh, the Hildebrand rarity. Okay. There's a lot the of Colin, fish in The these... Colin Hildebrand yeah, rarity. Nope. <laughs> we got fish. We got scrambled eggs. Oh, good start, guys. No well. About sixteen women named Solange in these nine stories. <laughs> uh, we, we should and... point out that uh, my intro that I was talking to AI the other day because I don't have any friends. Oh, it's good, and isn't I it? Asked AI, that that would have made uh, a great episode. Welcome to my world. <laughs> Multiple yeah, times, I mean... Noah tried to get. AI to acknowledge him as a host and it named everybody under the sun but him. I even turned it into a game. I said, who are the hosts of Double Lost? Oh, yeah, here's the host. Uh, ben Waterworth. Oh, oh, that's my uh, Colin Hilde. Oh, yeah. And David Lee. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I said to AI, no, 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 not David Lee. Oh, sorry, so, so sorry. Uh, it's uh, Jonathan Wilkins. <laughs> it's Jonathan Wilkins. Oh, sorry, it's Daniel Craig. <laughs> is that the episode uh, title, the David Lee and Jonathan Wilkins variety yeah. hour? Unknown <laughs> by AI, the Noel Grove story. Uh, <laughs> I even turned it into a game. I'm, I, I was giving hints. I'm like, it's the person you're talking to. And then they say, oh, it's... Uh, oh, no, I said, who are you talking to? And they said, oh, so the host is named who? <laughs> like, <laughs> Uh, and then I, then it said, I give up. Can you tell me? Wow. I was talking to Madonna on Snapchat, and she was agreeing with me about Die Another Day being a good song, and then said you two were bullies. So um, I made Although a friend. They, the, the best part is that Noah made such an enemy that uh, he ended up getting an argument about wokeness with his <laughs> Arguing with the AI. <laughs> it's a lonely life on the road. Yeah, Colin, you're married. I've got children. Yeah, all right. You're married to an air hostess, And a dog. Colin got a dog, everyone. Can we just mention that? Good job. Now it's not just going to be Casper coming down here with a knife. It's going to be the dog, too. Yeah, but we like dogs. Dogs come down with a oh, puppy. And then if it's like (laughs) Casper, like, oh, fuck off. Yeah, Uh, They're they're basically the same person. In fact, since the dog's been here, Remy has taken to trying to drink water out of her bowl and... uh, Putting his pizza on the floor and eating it with his face. Uh, so the dog's having a positive in, enforced re, reinforcement thought, on our children. I thought I told him that. <laughs> Raised by wolves. <laughs> children. So he's just going to leave with the air hostess. That really is a Hilding brand rarity. Uh, that should be an opening line. The Hilding brand rarity. There we yeah, go. Yeah. Uh, I made it into well, What did we say last week? The Hilding rarity is the amount of times Colin gets laid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, hang on. There Repeating we go. jokes. <laughs> uh, but uh, we're here to talk about this is basically something brand new because as, as much as Noah and I did multiple episodes on the novels before Ben read a novel, 
Uh, I think I the most we've ever 14? done for 80s. Before Ben read eight, any novel. <laughs> before Ben lost his novel, <laughs> novel virginity. Uh, I think the most we'd ever done with the short stories is just sort of mentioned. Oh, yeah, maybe one day we'll do the short stories. And that's pretty much it. Uh, and we've obviously talked about some of these uh, throughout the movie recaps, but I have absolutely no uh, idea of what Noah's opinions are on the Hildebrand rarity or Quantum of Solace or Property of a Lady uh, or his little octopusy or anything like that. Uh, and I certainly don't know Ben's opinions. If I could take a pretty good guess at what his number one is going to be, and it's going to involve scrambled eggs. Uh, Frasier? <laughs> Toss, Toss salad, salad and scrambled eggs. Is that our closing song or our thinking music? Yes. <laughs> Toss salad and scrambled eggs. Yes. Oh, I don't get it. Oh, watch Frasier, no? When you come to Sydney, we're we're doing a Frasier-thon. It looks dumb. It's It's not dumb. It's opposite of dumb. Frasier's maybe the most intelligent sitcom of all time. Ben, you laughed at me for Cheers, uh, I don't know how long ago, but Frasier... It's not the same universe. It is the same. It's the same character. But Frasier was, like, intelligent because they were two very smart men. Well, then you shouldn't get it. Then why did you like it, Ben? I have my moments. (laughs) <laughs> oh god, our jokes are getting so low ball now. <laughs> um, I, before we even really get into the uh, the books themselves and then rankings, um, I mean, thoughts on the short stories? I mean, for me, this is the first time I've even read them since probably before Skyfall. I think uh, oh, I, these were the last things I read. It took me probably about a decade. So Ben, you're one up on me. It took me about a decade to get through all the Bond books uh, as I was growing up. But uh, by the time Skyfall came out, I'm like, oh, I want to read those short stories. So I read them all and literally have not touched them since, even though I've reread all the novels like at least wife. once or twice. Exactly like her, not since 2012. Uh, but uh, I mean, I, I actually think I enjoyed these even more this time. I mean, there's definitely some complaint. That was delayed. God, I the last time you had six. <laughs> but uh, I, I think with some of these, I have some minor issues with, but I mean, 40 to 60 ben pages. Ben has minor issues too. <laughs> oh. Was that you milking a cow? What was that? <laughs> That's him tossing I, salad and scrambled eggs. <laughs> that salad was mine and scrambled eggs. <laughs> Is that but, the episode uh, I mean, title? Toss salad and scrambled eggs. <laughs> I think half of our episodes can be made Remember up of Ben going, is that our episode title? Is this our episode title? You weren't even on our, you left last time by the time we got to the Benny and Poss show, so Poss you're welcome. Show, yeah. Okay, let, let's just, before we even get into the books, let's sidetrack already. Where does Poss come from? Like I get, like when I was in school, the, the closest thing I ever had to a nickname was just Hilding, and that was because there were t- two Colin H's in the class, so you couldn't be Colin H even. But Poss, I mean, what were you, Benny, that makes sense. Poss, like where does Poss come from? He doesn't even know. Well, I, I'm, is this like when I asked you, when I asked you off air, uh, like, where have you been? Is this a question like that? Where does POS come from? Is it like a philosophy question? Uh, no, apparently I, I, I climbed a tree, which I find hard to believe because I was a tubby child. Um, and, and someone said, oh, look, it's a, it's a possum. Uh, I would I would have said more like more of an elephant or a, a wombat or something, but um, that's giant. the episode title. Noah climbs a tree. Oh, there it is again. There's three episode titles. Five minutes in. Uh, I've got an image I, I don't now. Think I, I love climbed it. A tree since, and I don't remember doing it. But if you can picture a tubby Tasmanian in snug climbing a tree at soccer practice, and then 
someone called me possum and it sort of morphed from there uh but yeah i didn't the, the climbing tree thing never stuck <laughs> uh for anybody out there who signs up to patreon this month this month only, new subscribers will get an autographed picture of Noah Groves yeah. climbing a tree. Climbing a tree. <laughs> yes. Thank God we've got AI because I don't want to climb any trees. Can, can you please find in this episode, Noah, an AI, your uh, like create an image picture of you climbing a tree? Because I can't be bothered going on to Photoshop during this episode. I, I don't know if the AI is going to follow my. Uh, we're on bad. Bad blood at the moment. Maybe David Jonathan Lee. Wilkins climbing a tree. <laughs> uh but uh the short stories is there's a mosquito loose in my basement here short stories uh no i mean i I don't remember how much we've actually even talked about these prior to now but uh did you reread these uh in what your your reread before no time to die or is this your first time uh in 10 years what makes you think this is my first time um james bond um uh uh, uh, I haven't been, I haven't been drinking or have you been smoking? smoking or anything. I think it's just I haven't talked to anyone other than AI, and so like I'm finding everything. There's also this weird <laughs> delay. Philippines internet is not great, by the way. So, um, you know, yep. No, um, <laughs> uh, but <laughs> yeah, uh. I did. I'm like you. They were the last ones that I ever read in my like read through initially, and then I did read them again on my reread. Um, and it is the thing that we never talked about them, and we always said I oh, would we'll do them eventually. And then apparently we waited for Ben. Um, but ah, yeah. And then uh, in the past few days, I'm traveling, so I don't have tons of time. I've got another book on the go. I actually listen to the audio books of these oh, short stories cheating. and i'm not an it is cheating i'm not an audiobook guy i i can't pay attention i i've got short attention span I, I always talk about i don't like long movies i think i've got something wrong with me but uh well many things uh but i listened to the audio books and they were actually quite good and they actually helped me see these books in new light a bit um but a funny sort of uh side bit on that is uh the guy who does the narrations where he's, he's really good but he does voices for all the characters <laughs> and in uh octopussy when he's when they have the chinese uh gold dealers oh, he, oh no he's outside newton room from <laughs> I, I beg everyone to go and listen it's hilarious. Like, oh, I, well, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> They've got up the uh, ventilation shaft. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ben did it. Um, uh, but yeah, I've never really been too high on the short stories. Some people I've read in the past say they're the best things Fleming ever did, which I find like a chitty chitty bang appalling bang. take. Uh, but but I have to say I really had enjoyed revisiting them and I'd see them in a new light. And uh, it is kind of fun to see these, these stories are all sort of a bit like, well, what is James Bond up to when he's not doing the saving the world type thing? So it's kind of a fun chance to see Bond in his sort of day-to-day life. And there's actually a lot of great stuff in here and uh, a lot of good writing from Fleming. So it was fun to revisit these and finally talk about them. I just want to touch on one thing. 
which um, I'm actually a little bit offended that we're about 13 minutes into this episode and no one's congratulated me for reading all the fucking novels. But on that, I want to play a short little clip that will tie into what I'm about to say to celebrate the fact that I have read the novels. This is from our 100th episode. And you two didn't know I'm going to play this, but I want to play this so you can you can acknowledge this once we play it. I think we're overdue, and I think we need to make some sort of pact here. We're overdue to get Ben on a book episode, so can we make yeah. some sort of book? I've been on a book episode. I interviewed Nicholas. I read, I've read three of his books. A Fleming book. Let's get some sort of Fleming book agreement. Can we like do some sort of yeah. 007 pact? I want a Ben does the books episode. Yes. Can we do well, that I, in our next 100 episodes? I left some blood in Colin's bed, so uh, <laughs> oh. maybe. <laughs> sure. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll read at least one page before our 200 episode. Ben does episode. the books on 007. Is that, is that a pact? Can we shut As can long we as we do the... My my next threat, you, you want to show pornography because I rank somebody that you don't think I should have ranked at number 12. Next time you rank something I don't like at number 12, I'm going to read you excerpts from a book. I'm going to no, make you read it. It's going to be displayed oh, on my screen. Ben, read this no, paragraph. No. I'm just, I'm just going to play that to point out that we did the achievement. So first of all, okay. well done. You know. Right. Can, can, can I add to that? In typical... I don't even know if people can hear me right now. <laughs> In typical Ben Vanity Project fashion, Ben reads a book has turned into four or five episodes. Five. <laughs> five episodes. And you know what we do to celebrate I, I, that? I, Sorry, no. Yes, you can say something. I, I wish we did. I, I... <laughs> I wish that too. I, I really wish yep. that we did. Talk. Uh, oh. <laughs> I, I wish. <laughs> Upon a star. I don't wish. <laughs> <laughs> He's a king of wishful thinking. No. Officially uh, switched to the hotspot. Oh, that's what you wish that you could be on the hotspot. <laughs> I wish that I could go on my hotspot. Anybody else in neighboring cells right now connect to Noah's hotspot? <laughs> God, I'm a virgin. Uh, no, it's just that was very surreal listening. That's the first time we've ever done a flashback clip, and we're on video right now. We all look like the worst ventriloquists ever or something, <laughs> or the best, because it was so weird hearing our voices, but on the video. Um, on the video? We got a video. Yeah, wasn't um, worth all that trouble just to say that. Well, you know, that was in the past, everyone. But uh, all seriousness, um, yes, all, all about me. Proud that I've read all these books. See my Instagram. Uh, but secondly, I didn't know what to expect from these either because I did listen to the episode that you guys did on the Fleming novels. So I sort of heard various opinions and read things. But even when you Google list of short stories ranked, I couldn't find any. So I literally don't know what is hated and what is liked. So I'm very scared for when we rank these. But they were, I mean, they were interesting. There were some that were very enjoyable. There were some that were enjoyable, but then they just ended so suddenly. And you're like, oh, what? Like, I was getting into this and you just ended it. Like, what? And then there was 007 in New York. So, um, <laughs> I mean, I, I might try making those eggs. And I'm very sad that that didn't turn out the way I wanted to that short story because I wanted that to be my best and my favorite but 
let's be honest, it's no one's. I was going to suggest when I come and visit you in Sydney, when we have our best of martinis, we should have James Bond scrambled egg. I'll do it. 12 eggs. 12 eggs. <laughs> Is that going to be lunch, breakfast, and dinner with our 12 it, eggs? It, it didn't, but like the amount of like, I mean, for a keto person, that's very keto because it's like, like eight packets of butter in it or something too, doesn't it, right? Like, <laughs> James Bond, a keto trailblazer. I can't eat the bread. Like I'll have it sans bread, but outside of that. But um, no, I mean, these were, I knocked these off pretty quickly. I think I re- read these only in a couple of days. And oh. so, uh, yeah, that way too. Uh, Colin doesn't get it. It's a sex joke. Um, but yeah, I, I'm very interested to hear your viewpoints on these because again, I literally have no clue outside of maybe bagging out 007 in New York, what your thoughts are. And also I'll add like, again, similar to what I, with the novels, so many of the elements that are used in these short stories that are in the films. So more than than I even remembered. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's, uh, quickly just go over the individual collections here. So for your eyes only first, which, uh, I always forget that For Your Eyes Only was written and released prior to almost half of the novels. Uh, This basically comes sandwiched right between Goldfinger and Thunderball. So this is pre-Spectre trilogy or Blofeld trilogy. Uh, And uh, interesting trivia on this one is that the James Bond TV series that Fleming had worked on way back before the movies, uh, and probably at this point it was still pretty fresh because I think that was like 57 or 58, and this comes out in 1960, uh, four of the five stories on here were basically scripts that he had uh, worked on. Uh, I don't know whether he wrote the the full scripts or these were just story treatments. And he's like, well, I could turn this into a short story. So really, all of Fleming's short stories, we probably have that TV series to thank for. Uh, but uh, this one's made up of From a View to a Kill, For Your Eyes Only, Quantum of Solace, Risico, and then the Hilding brand rarity. Uh, and, uh, You're rolling I think with he- that. <laughs> I can definitely notice a difference in the writing, whereas I think maybe only Quantum of Solace stands out as like an experimental one. Let's do something different in this collection. I feel like by the time we get to the second collection, it is a little bit more of the experimental, whereas this is like, this is what you imagine James Bond short stories be. In fact, I'll go as far as I, I feel like the four, four out of the five for your eyes only stories, to me, feel like this is just the first act of a novel. Um, and there is some of that abrupt cutoffs here, but uh, he writes these the same as he would the novels. And I feel like this is this is kind of the action collection that he has. But uh, this this is the one that I uh, bought and held off on reading for a long time. Uh, I think I had this in my collection for several months before I ever got around to it. Uh, but uh, I, I probably have more fonder memories of this than the others. You know, as I was rereading this now, some of it started to come back to me. I'm like, oh yeah, I definitely remember this. I definitely remember this. Well, don't remember that. Uh, but uh, this one to me really stands out. And maybe it is because it came from the TV series. It's like, this is what you expect from a James Bond short story collection. Yeah, I, I think overall this one is better. Uh, some of the other ones might get a bit higher on my rankings, but I think as a like collective, this is a better set. Uh, maybe one of them, and that one might coincidentally have been the one that wasn't meant for a TV show, which might coincidentally also uh, share a title with a film that I hate. Maybe. Just maybe. Oh, um, there's nothing wrong with From a View to a Kill. It's a great movie. <laughs> that, can we can we talk about that? Because uh, From a View to a Kill is a much better name. Uh, it's much more elegant and much more Fleming than our view to a kill. And not only that, it doesn't it make uh, Mac Zorin's 
cringy quote make much more sense if they're on a big blue uh, blimp and he says from a view to a kill. How does At Duran Duran change though? Meeting you, from, you a from a view to, to a, a kill. kill. I've already thought about it. <laughs> they agreed with Noah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's even a bit better. Meeting you from a view to a kill. Uh, the only thing I can think of is because they had from Russia with love that maybe they didn't want another from. Uh, and then I'm also thinking, why didn't they just call Stacey Sutton Marianne Russell from this book? It'll be shit. And then the other thing is, did they not want two Marys? We had Mary Goodnight because Stacey Sutton's a random name. Hey, Mary and Doctor uh, No, Mary Scream. Yeah, true. Uh, so I, I don't know. From a view to a kill is a much better title, right? Yeah, I think, but you touched on a good point there. From Russia with Love, From a View to a Kill. That's maybe why they didn't do it. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but there you go. <laughs> How many terms have you used the word die or no? So, yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, you really can see these as like a Bond TV show, like the or the plots, the Hildebrand rarity. You can see that as a, an episode. You can see For Your Eyes Only as an episode this these sort of like thrillers that Fleming wrote, but sort of lower stakes than Moonraker or Goldfinger or whatever. Uh, so you definitely can tell these came from a TV show outline. And that's not a bad thing. Like the movies are two hours. This probably would have been 42 minutes. Um, but yeah, there's, there is some good stuff there. And I think I didn't used to really get, too much into the short stories, but I think the format does translate well to basically it's just a Bond story condensed uh, and it allows Fleming to uh, experiment a bit. It allows him to get to Canada. Um, Again. Wouldn't happen in a real full-length novel. Uh, But, yeah, I I do think some of these had potential to kind of be expanded. Like, for your eyes only, I could see that as sort of being expanded out and it's something different like nowadays every daniel craig film he's gone rogue but this is sort of like quite a different thing of like uh this time it's personal or this time it's personal for m at least Mm. um but yeah there's, there's a lot of good things and i actually quite like a lot of the sort of side characters the colombo in the book is so good i think and you can see the colombo that translates into the film uh judy have a lock i quite like again why did they not call her why does she become mustacha instead of judy um like melina melina uh but like they they did so well of like capturing a lot of elements from this for your eyes only book in for your eyes only but then they changed some little things like that um and then, like, I, I, I did enjoy seeing the elements that got into the film. I, I think the From a View to a Kill, it's, be, it's unfortunate that that's not been translated into film, like, other than the France setting, really. Like, that's quite a kind of exciting sequence that happened with the motorbike that makes me think, why couldn't have that been, like, the pre-title sequence to A View to a Kill film or something like that? Uh, but a lot of these are very punchy, fast, and exciting. Yeah, I mean, for the most part, I agree. I think the first two stories that I read, I kind of thought they were the same one. So I think was it Colin? You said you could kind of have these as chapters um, for an overall novel because um, I sort of was reading, them going like, oh, they're they're, they're similarish. But um, 
yeah, they, they are enjoyable and kind of to the point. And I think like this one to me, this novel, they all end satisfactory. Whereas I think in the next one, there's a couple of stories, which as I mentioned before, they just, they just end so suddenly. And I feel like there needs to be more to it or like it needs to be extended a little bit. But I think Roger, the, Moore. Roger Moore, I mean, like Risco, like again, very enjoyable. And again, I'll probably touch this when we rank them, but it's sort of, I guess once you've seen the films, it's kind of like on a Majesty's Secret Service, right? Like, you know what's coming. Um, so it's, you know, but I'm sure Mildred reading this in like 1960 would be like, oh, that's a shock. I didn't see that coming. Um, and then when you're like selling this story on like a rare fish, I'm like what? Um, but like actually didn't turn out too bad. Um, and I think kind of, you know, I don't want a whole, um, I guess, novel on a rare fish, but like that in itself could be an interesting movie you know, I know like the Milton Crest character, I mean, he's maybe my favorite villain in all the books. Uh, not all the books, all the short stories at least, but like I, I kind of like that level of, <laughs> you know, sleaziness that he had. Is Noah like picking his eye off? I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> off his fake eyelashes. <laughs> <laughs> he's had a big night out in the town in, in Manila. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall enjoyable. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably agree that this is maybe the most enjoyable out of the two. But having said that, I think each has like a bad story. Um, but I think the difference with Octopussy and Living Daylights is I think take one story aside and everything else is really good with the exception of the endings and this one where maybe you've got a more couple of mediocre ones. So yeah. One thing actually just really Did quick. you know sorry, go no, go ahead. Did you know Milton Crest was gonna be in these nope. these, these short stories? Nope. There's some, like, some so what was your reaction when Milton Crest and the Wave Crest? When's his head gonna explode? I was waiting for his head to explode, exactly. Um I was hoping for um Wayne Newton to show up as old uh what's his face and bless your heart. I also just want to add too, there's just on the sound effects board. Um you dared me last episode when Colin got stroppy every time I played the Tiffany Case reference when he was like yelling at us. So, like, um, I don't know, Noah, say something that would piss Colin off. Colin, your dog is stinky. Stop it! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's a good... I forgot about that. Stop it! You had the dog for three days. It may be true. <laughs> Colin, so, Colin, you need to get Ben's soundboard and just when the kids are doing something bad or the dog or Jamie, it. just play that. Save Stop your voice it. for the podcast. Stop it! Stop it! This <laughs> is Jamie at night. Jamie's like, you know, coming on to Colin, slowly removing his shirt. Stop it! <laughs> That's where I thought you got the clip from. (laughs) (laughs) JB sending pictures to Colin of a boob. Stop it! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Colin, you need that button. I'll be in stores for Christmas. I, I, I will admit to one thing. Uh, I cheated a little bit on oh, audio Jamie. books as well. What, what? Jamie? Uh, the audio books, audio books as well. Oh, uh, I mean, I'm the only well, one read... who read these. <clears throat> no, like good, good, good story here though. Uh, so Canada short? being, I think, still the only country where <laughs> Fleming's novels are in the public domain. Uh, I got mm. like a two dollar collection for for my e reader. Of all the James Bond stories, two dollars I paid, but I just googled uh, them. I found it for free. I'm just telling you that right now. (laughs) They're on YouTube. But uh, the the version that I had, it starts with "From a View to a Kill," and I'm reading. I'm like, isn't this the story of "For Your Eyes Only"? And so I'm like, okay, well maybe it's just poorly formatted. When I get to "For Your Eyes Only," it's gonna be "From a View to a Kill." 
I get it for your eyes only. I'm like, this is for your eyes only again. So they, they actually have just <laughs> put the off. title of you to kill and for your eyes only is on there twice. So I did have to listen to the audio book, not the one that Noah had. I wish I'd had the, the voices in that one. Uh, but, the uh, racist I, one. <laughs> that, that's what I was hoping for. Uh, but uh, no, yeah. no, in a, he's, he was great. So was your guy Canadian? No, I mean, it's, Ooh, it's hey, look on the, YouTube. Look at the bond. Yeah, no, he was Twelve definitely scrambled British. actually. <laughs> uh, but it was only from a view to a kill I got to hear the uh, but it added a little bit of drama to it uh, so the second one Octopussy and the Living Daylight <laughs> they, they couldn't decide on title we got we got four um, stories yeah, why is it called that it's odd I mean I'm guessing that they wanted to call it Octopussy and they said no not unless you have another title in it then just call it the Living Daylight <laughs> so are we going to name this episode Toss Salad and Scrambled Eggs and Noah Climbs and- a Tree <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's like the most niche PG <laughs> reference. Done. I actually, I actually think I know the answer. I think I was reading that originally the, the book was just two stories. And then later they added the property of lady that came from some magazine into mm. the publication. And then a lot later well, they added 007 in New York. I read so yeah, I read they re-released this before Quantum of Solace, like both of these collections together as Combined, one and yeah. called it Quantum of Solace. Yeah, because you need to tie in all. That will get those sales numbers up. But, uh, I mean, yeah, you're right, because the two stories, Octopus and the Living Daylights, were original stories that hadn't been published anywhere. And this is the last uh, Ian Fleming, official Ian Fleming novel to actually be published, which is like after The Man with the Golden Gun. Octopus and Living Daylights were kind of written and uh, released just for this, whereas Property of Lady and 007 New York were, uh, was in 1965 and then 1962... Uh, no, the Living Daylights apparently uh, had been there orig- uh, already. So, uh, yeah, I mean, this this was sort of collected, I guess, later in Fleming's career. Uh, but some of the last stories he did, and uh, well, he was I think, dead. well, yeah, did he, he say were these written dead. like so? The Man with the Golden Gun was the last thing he wrote. These were written before he wrote, but they were just released yeah. after. Okay, yeah, exactly. I, well, a couple of them were released prior, but uh, I, th- again, I think that these work better if you're reading it as its own collection if you kind of see this as octopusy and the living daylights uh and not you know for your eyes only number two because again they're a little less action heavy they are a little bit more experimental I and mean, i think probably the closest thing we get to something that you might picture as an episode would be the living daylights but even that was very different than i remembered uh but i think what what kind of works for this collection is that punchline where you're like, oh, that was an okay story. And then you get to like the last couple pages, you're like, oh, there's a bit of a twist on the end here. Not like, you know, uh, Oberhauser's his brother or whatever, but uh, but a little bit of like a, a punchline, which we kind of got in Quantum of Solace, uh, the Quantum of Solace short story, that there's like this little thing on the end where you're like, oh, that's kind of like a cool little twist. And that's sort of what I, I view these four stories as, uh, maybe if you not want to include 007 New York. So three out of the four stories here, they, they kind of have that nice little touch on the end. Although overall, this is more, I think, what I picture when I imagine what short stories a James Bond would be. They're like, there's definitely not enough material to make this into a novel, whereas for your eyes only, you probably could have expanded those into a novel. It's just, we're just going to cut them off here. These are like, oh, this is like a quick little anecdote I want to tell. Yeah, I mean, like, the property of a lady... Um... I mean, it could be a chapter in a novel. Uh, that one is weird. Like, it was written for a magazine. It was written for Sotheby's. Is that how you say it? Um, doesn't roll off the tongue. A bit like the Hilda Band rarity. <laughs> um, 
uh, that it's kind of a nothing burger that one isn't it like mm, uh it's it's almost <laughs> as long as it's keto then then you can have my nothing burger um but yeah i it is sort of just there it's it's definitely not a tv episode it's definitely not a novel um and then something like octopusy which has a lot of good stuff in it and probably of all the stories that's the one i changed my mind the most on by uh revisiting these stories uh there's a lot of good stuff in that but it's so, so different in structure it could never be a bond book the only one maybe the living Day- daylights could be a part of like a, a bigger sort of sequence like the film and the film like i always knew it was the adaptation but it's so damn like they so got that even in tone i think that film that first 30 20 minutes nails that short story in tone it's one of the moodiest things Fleming ever wrote uh but then yeah like things like octopusy i guess what makes them special is they would never work as a longer book or a film because that's the beauty of the short story he could experiment with something a little different and i think in that case it works um and then there's 007 in new york which i mean i'll, I'll have some good things to say about that but it, it is just uh it's just a, a random piece but the way this came apart like into fruition was because fleming wrote thrilling cities and he was very down on new york so this was his sort of apology uh to new york where he's like well let's talk about some of the good things of new york uh, and then they actually added that into thrilling cities uh maybe in a republication uh, so it, it's basically Fleming just being like appeasing New York. Uh, but there's some charm in that one too. But yeah, For Your Eyes Only feels like a collection. This really does feel like let's pull this from here and this from there and just chuck them into a book. I think this one made me wanting more. Roger Moore. Um, <laughs> I just think that these ones, you know, I'll, I'll mention Double Seven New York in a minute, but like I just think, I don't know, each of the three before it, like there were just so many elements to it that you're just like, oh, I really like want to know more. And like, I feel like each of them, you know, have really been turned into movies. I'm obviously probably the ladies, what Octopussy, Living Daylights is Living Daylights. And then with the Oberhauser reference and everything that like they use that inspector. So I kind of, I think it's kind of, it's, it's interesting what they've done with that. Um, but yeah, like, I mean, I, I just didn't know. I mean, Double Seven was like eight pages long and it's just like a taxi ride. And like, remember that band known and the, you might've been too young, the Melbourne band Taxi Ride? It gets it, everybody. We're on our way. Probably not your type of music. Well, there's another. That's our thinking or closing music. There we go. They're using it right now as an ad for like getting people to go to Melbourne. So it's back in the. You'll see it when you hear. Anyway, um, the thing that I will say about 007 New York is that like it, it is a bit of a love letter to New York, and like yeah, you kind of get a bit of a mood for anybody who's been to New York of like what the city's like. So I kind of I I like that vibes of it, but it was just so random. And, like, the way it, again, it ended. I don't think these end very well, um, these stories oh, in this book. You're talking about 007 in New York? That, uh, the... Pro- I completely disagree. That's my favourite ending of all these short stories. The property of I a lady... That that's hungry for scrambled eggs? <laughs> yeah, he's, he's off to the supermarket. He's buying a, a <laughs> dozen eggs. But, like, even the property uh, of the lady, like, I just... The way that ends, it, like... Yeah, I agree with that. It feels like there needs to be, like, another three chapters. I'm like, okay, what's happening next? 
It's like, oh, okay. And even weirdly, like the Living Daylights, like, I like that ending, but it just it left me wanting more. Oh, and like, come on, it's the Dalton quote, the ending of that one. Oh, I've got, I'm gonna like when we talk about that. Don't you worry about me. You two cannot complain about that movie quote anymore. It's in the fucking book in the same context. Um, so anyway, Wrong um, delivery. It's oh, shut up, Dalton hater. Um, <laughs> yeah, my, my audio book guy didn't say must get the living data. <laughs> well, we should have. All right. Uh, what, what do we want to smile? What do we want to say every time we bag out uh, Timothy Dalton? Stop it! Exactly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah, I like this it one. is. Um, yeah, no, but like I, I enjoyed. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to ranking these. It's hard to kind of talk about these without giving away our complete opinions of it because we'll try and, I guess, rank well, these should quickly. we get in? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I'm gonna yeah, do something color. we should have done in pre-production right now. But uh, my suggestion would be let's rank our bottom four in one shot, and then Ooh. when we get to the top five, we'll do one at a time individually. There yeah. Might be a few yeah. Okay. Yeah. Speaking of bottom ah. four. A while. We, 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 we have we have stop it. Do we have a do it? <laughs> do it. We do need, it. We need, we need the emperor. Do it. Do it. All right. Sorry, Ben. Next you time around. Have. Next time around, I'll add that to the the list. If I'll we have it. a stop it. We need an opposite. We need a do it. Do it. We'll do it. Uh, so I, I've kind of gotten the impression that I'm I'm going to take a, a wild guess that three of the same stories are going to be in all of our bottom fours. Uh, the order of them might be a little bit different. I don't know. I might surprise uh, somebody here, but there's really only one that I think is going to be guaranteed to be at the bottom at this point, just from reading the room. And that is my number nine, 007 in New York. Uh, and oh. you know what's, but, but you got to love that ending. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I'll get in. Sorry. Your I, turn. Sorry. I was just going to say the one thing that I like, I probably didn't even pick up on maybe because it was like the last thing that I read. And at this point I'm like, oh, okay. Now let's get to this nine page story here. And th there's a passing reference to what Bond's mission in New York is, which is the end of Quantum of Solace, which mm -hmm. yeah. I thought that was really clever. And that's something that I, I would have liked maybe to be expect. You could have expanded this. Yeah, I mean, obviously he's writing this for a magazine that didn't want like a, an action story or anything, but like you could have expanded this to be about 40 pages, 50 pages like the others and just include that in there. Uh, but what, what's funny is I didn't know any of this you history about like of 007 in New York. Well, if you're going to include the storyline of what he was originally there for, why not? This is like oh, the, the okay. last, you know, couple so of sentences. So I've been like, love me when his mission was actually more exciting than what was exactly, like a yeah. side mission. Yeah, okay. Uh, what, what I do find funny in here is that this is actually the second uh, mention of Solange that we get. Mm. There's another Solange. And, and I'm honestly getting the impression in this that Solange is just a name he applies to random woman. I think I'll call you Solange. <laughs> <laughs> he just he does have a thing. Yeah, it's, just, it's weird because I think in, in the other story that it's going to make an appearance and he even says, I think I'll call her Solange. <laughs> like, what is this thing with the name Solange? <laughs> Jack Smigans. Uh, but uh, what I find interesting about this is that I didn't know any of that history about Liv this being a love letter or an apology to New York or whatever because I'm reading this and I'm like, there's almost like a little bit of a subtle disdain for New York in his writing yeah. here. Um, he didn't which like I find it, yeah which i find it interesting now like this is kind of make up for it but i mean this is just sort of a nothing story uh it is kind of something different it's you know let's have a little bit of fun and do something you know uh what, what would james bond do on his off day before his flight or something like that 
But I mean, otherwise, this has to be the bottom of everybody's list, right? No one might surprise me. Um, my number, I might surprise you. my number eight. This is where I might surprise people because I think there might have been the assumption there's going to be two stories at the bottom. And my number eight is not Quantum of Solace. It is Property <laughs> of a Lady, uh, which I I really like, like the the bones of what Property of a Lady has, and I think that there's something more you could have done with it. But where I feel like they kind of missed the boat on it. And by they, I mean you, Ian Fleming, if you're listening, uh, is that the more interesting story is this Maria Frudenstein Hmm. character and her kind of working as double agent because you have somebody who's basically in MI6 who's feeding false information. And then you add in there later on the end, we're like, yeah, well, we pretty much knew when we hired her this, that's what we hired her for. We hired her to set something like this up that whole sting is more interesting. And I, I think even if you had just done more at the auction, because, you know, obviously this this is similar setting to what we get in the novel, but the novel's played a little bit more uh, as a laugh, a little bit more with Bond messing with uh, the, uh, well, Kamal Khan, the auctioneer and everybody. And there's really not a lot of that here. They talk about this massive plot they want about, we're going to, uh, you know, ride up the bidding and everything so you can buy time. And there's a couple of moments where there's tension where it's like, I still haven't found him, I still haven't found him. Uh, but I just wanted more of that. And I, I'm really curious to hear Noah's thoughts. Uh, Noah's opinions on watching fancy British men, but uh, th- this possibly homosexual uh, <laughs> fancy British man that we get at the beginning here. Yeah, they're okay. Uh, a wild audio book. <laughs> he drones on a little bit. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, as much oh, as I really... <laughs> I, I kind of remembered liking I remembered liking Property of a Lady more than reading it this time and maybe a little bit more uh, picking Roger it Moore. apart it, it's just to me this is like okay a good idea but you didn't really accomplish anything with this uh, I consider this the biggest success you could give to the Quantum Solace short story that is not in my bottom two uh, it is my number seven oh, Canada uh, buy this is no this is actually <laughs> this is the most I've ever enjoyed it. and it again because I feel like this is where Ian Fleming got the idea for the the second short story collection about he wanted just these anecdotes with like the punchline on the end. And that's kind of what makes this for me. It starts as just what I remembered it as bonded a dinner party, being bored, uh, kind of like double uh, seven New York, his mission sort of over. He's like, Oh yeah, I was here for this, but uh, yeah, it was kind of uneventful. And now I'm just riding out the hours to my flight and you get this guy telling the story. And you know, at first it's like, okay, I'm following these characters. It is a little bit boring. And then as he gets more and more into it, you're like, what? What? And like there's these crazy twists to it with like the the couple and how they split up. And there's there's sort of a moral to the story, which I found interesting here. And and just the way that Ian Fleming got kind of intelligent in analyzing like this couple and how, you know, one sort of set the other one up to become a monster. <laughs> They're both sort of monsters in the end. And then that that little punchline about uh, you know, oh, you were sitting next to her the entire time. I I actually really love this one. And I don't know that this may even I don't I don't think it could move up above the other ones I have in here, but uh this is one that uh you know I, I wouldn't have debated putting it higher than this, but still I wouldn't have expected that I would have actually really enjoyed Quantum Assault as much as I did this time. And then my number six, another one that I felt was similar to Quantum Assault, where it starts and I'm like, okay, this is a little bit slower than I remembered, but it has you know really great character writing, which is the Hilde Hildebrand rarity. Not Hilda. I'm almost by instinct saying Hilding now. Uh, the Hildebrand rarity. Uh, this is another one where it's like it starts, you're like, okay, fine. Yeah, okay, get, move on with it a little bit. All right, great. Tell me more about these fish. And then when you get into like, again, this couple, you know, I, I feel like Ian Fleming, when he wrote both of these stories, was 
either in a bad relationship or uh, maybe getting bored with his relationship. Her name was Solange, yes. Uh, But I I just, I love the way that this story, I I feel like this to me is one of the best endings, if not the best ending of any of these nine short stories. Uh, Just that that twist on the end where it's like, okay, well, the guy's dead. Who did it? And then you kind of get in the end. It's sort of left up for your own interpretation, but you sort of get it in the end. Uh, and I'll agree with you, Ben. I mean, Milton Crest, what a character. I feel like the, the biggest disservice we had in using this story for License to Kill was in splitting the character because what we get here is sort of a combination of the Milton Crest from the movie and uh, Sa- Sanchez. Mm. Uh, you, you have a lot of that like abusive uh, hu- husband or boyfriend or whatever. Uh, but I mean, he is such a jerk. And I, I love that she's apologizing for all the time. Like I... I I, I, the bottom three for me are like, okay, there's good and bad stuff in there. Here, there's maybe a little bit of iffy stuff, but for the most part, like once you get to the second half of the Hildebrand rarity, like I absolutely loved it. Yeah, I mean, we've got some, uh, three of them are similar and then one's different. Um, but I agree with a lot of what you said. I don't necessarily agree with everything. Uh, yeah, I have two in my bottom four, three in my bottom four, um, but one different. But it's math how it works. Oh, um, same three. Mm. <laughs> uh, okay, so my number nine, I promise it shares no resemblance to the film. <laughs> I'm not doing this because of the film. It's Quantum of Solace. Uh, and Colin, you're not completely unfounded in your like opinions on it because I did a bit of research and a lot of people love this one. Um, and yeah, it was funny trying something new and I've never been in a deep, serious relationship, so maybe I would view it differently other, otherwise. <laughs> uh, but uh, I just, I, it's okay. It's one thing to experiment. That's fine, but huh. that doesn't... <laughs> <laughs> You'll find out one day. So we'll call. Uh, but that that doesn't necessarily give it a free pass to being good. That's the distinction. Like just because it's something new, doesn't mean it's automatically good. And I I, I lose it in this because it's like it's the same as the film. Like what what is a quantum of solace? And he tries <laughs> to explain it, and he talks about I how was the, more quantum of, the quantum of solace gets to zero, and I'm like this. Fleming has never, like, did he write this on his deathbed? He was losing it a bit. Was this during the whole, like, Thunderball thing? Kevin McClory thing? Was he stoned? Because what is he going on? And I just can't get past that. The whole title of it, and then they named the film after this. I can't get past that whole, (laughs) the quantum of solace reaches zero. Uh, And I've seen a lot of people explain it online about how it's so profound and about how one person you, you're in love and they drag you down. Eh. Sorry, not buying it. Number nine. Uh, number eight, we have a match, which you'll be unsurprised maybe to hear because it's the property of a lady. Uh, I, for one thing, I I wish they would use this title. Mm. And I I've heard a lot of people say, well, it's sort of too flowery. It sounds like an 80s sort of rom-com or something that people wouldn't go and see a Bond film called this. It's like... It's very 2023. It's women, pro-women. 
I'm not an expert on these sort of things, but is there really anyone out there that was going to watch the new Bond, but then, oh, no, it's called A Property of a Lady. I won't go to it. Uh, it's a great title, and I think they should have used it for Quantum with the whole Vespers necklace thing and maybe moved more into that uh, Casino Royale Property of a Lady sort of thing. Um, and then uh, Skyfall should be called 007 in New York. Yep. Uh but I, 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 yeah, it's just, it is a nothing. It's, it's written for this Southern Bees magazine and there's some interesting ideas. I just find it so boring. It might be the most boring thing Fleming has ever done. It's the ideas are there. This to me should be a chapter in a longer story that kind of bleeds into the story, kind of like what they did with Octopussy Booby. But as a short story, I'm out by the second page. You're talking about fancy British men. Oh, <laughs> no oh no. no. There's no fun bow ties going on here. Um, yeah. But use it as a title. Come on. Um, my number seven. Okay, here it is. 007 in New York. Well, uh, I've got, you hadn't put that up yet. <laughs> 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 I, I was so sure going into this, this would be my bottom. Uh, but then Property of a Lady just put me to sleep and Quantum just annoyed me. Uh, I, there's something so charming about this. I'm not saying it's number one, it's number seven. But I, I love Fleming's descriptions and it's Bond sort of on a mission. But most of this is a daydream. This is what Bond, like all of this story, more or less, is Bond daydreaming. Oh, I'm going to go here, then I'm going to meet up with, let's call her Salad. We're going to have martinis. And none of it actually happens. It's all just in Bond's head. So this is when we get Bond, who just is in New York daydreaming. Um, but I, I don't know if you guys got the ending or I'm just crazy, but I think this is probably the best ending of all the book, of all the short wow. stories. Where they're talking about, oh, we're going to rendezvous with this girl at the reptile house. And then it, he's talking about how great New York is. They've got blah, blah, blah. They've got all these amazing restaurants, scrambled eggs, blah, blah, blah. And then the big, the twist, the comedic twist at the end is, oh, this zoo doesn't even have a reptile house. And the MI6 set up this mission and Bond never met the girl because they didn't have a reptile. It's hilarious. It's such a great sort of twist ending. Where How much does he smoke tonight, Colin? Uh, <laughs> 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 they don't. They don't have a reptile. <laughs> you guys are insane. Like, I, I get I, it, but I'm, I don't know if I. Like, oh, it's so funny. No, I'm not talking about how it's laugh out loud like that. You I know, just the, think the, it's the complex I, I live in. I just picture Noah on the final page. It's like, ha! No, when, when you when you come stay here, my complex doesn't have a reptile house. No, doesn't have one. You, uh, you guys are making fools of yourselves. I think. I think this is such a. I didn't say it was laugh out loud, lol. It's, but it's a comedic twist at the end where MI six is royally screwed up because they just assume New York has everything, and that's the whole thing. And then that's what you were talking about with. Fleming wrote this as an apology, but it still had that air of disdain of, oh, it turns out New York doesn't have everything, and that Bond failed the mission, basically, because he was supposed to meet at this reptile house, and he's like, oh, he went there, and there was no girl, and there was nothing there. It's no, a, no, one I, of the few times we see Bond fail a mission. To quote a great man... I want you to take a step back. I just think you really need to do that, because, you know... I, <laughs> when you brought up the endings, I was not... I thought... 
I'm shocked. Colin's on board with me, I think, with the end. Yeah, you too. No, I'm 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 sort of in the middle. Like I like I said, I think that the collection as a whole, the Octopussy Living Daylights collection, is the one that has those. (laughs) (laughs) This is these four stories all kind of have that like punchline on the ending, but. To me, this isn't anything near like what the other ones are. I mean, it maybe has a slightly better ending than Property of the Lady, but I, I feel like Octopussy has a great ending, you know? And even oh, some of the to like, me, like, like, Quantum of Solace, I think, has a better twist on the ending. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that, but I guess I think of them more as like Roger. if it was the ending of Goldfinger or the ending of Moonraker or something, because they feel like such more developed stories. But for this little sort of thought piece type thing, it's such a great little quirky thing at the end. And it's to me, it's so Fleming, that sort of sense of humor that isn't laugh out loud, but it's like, mm. oh, Bond was supposed to be doing the, all this. He was daydreaming. And oh, there is no reptile else. He's, <laughs> he's failed his mission. New York doesn't have everything. It, it sums up Fleming's whole thought right there. And I'm, yeah, I hard disagree with you guys. Hard. <laughs> I'm not. I'm the opposite. I'm like, shriveled inside I'm very I'm, wet right now i'm dry <laughs> i'm very dry right now uh yeah uh the, the continuity story i'm very dry right now <laughs> maybe i'm crazy because i'm talking i'm talking quantum down stop it i'm talking quantum <laughs> down uh i like uh, which people I love. don't like people who don't that's not the right one thanks roger for tuning in he doesn't like colin's dog what's it called mizzy what? Dizzy. Dizzy. Yes. Dizzy. Um, Remember that song, I'm So Dizzy? I'm so no. dizzy. Uh, is going. that by Taxi Ride? <laughs> oh, taxi. Hashtag bring back Taxi Ride. Uh, Noah looks like he could yeah, be in Taxi Ride right now without hair. I just, yeah, agree to disagree because the ending is what put it seventh overnight for me. I think it's such a great little fun thing to end this story on and the more you two hate it, the more I love it. You two don't hate it. How do you know? You ask them? No, we've done that. <laughs> Noah sits on the joke committee. No, man. No, no, no. That was a stop it. That, that was, was episode 98. You two jokes it died. Was, <laughs> it was funny and it was good, but we don't want to beat dead horsies on this show. No. Do you think we could ask AI, like chat GPT, to basically be like, <laughs> give us some YouTube Give us some new jokes. jokes. You get on that. Oh, yeah. uh, Let's watch a few jokes by the end of this. Yeah, I, I, I'm annoyed because I think it's such a great ending and I'm annoyed that you're making fun of me. Um, number six, uh, this one was very hard to rank and it moved all over. It's from a view to a kill because I really, really like this. Uh, and it was originally four and then it moved to six. Uh, it, I could be four, could be five. It's just so solid. It's a great sort of thriller, perfect as a short story. It's fast paced. I like Bond and Mary's sort of relationship. That's sort of fun playing off each other. I like the descriptions of the French countryside, the motorbike chase. I don't get why this hasn't been included uh, in a film. Like this should have been in the View to a Kill film. I, I don't know if I've replaced the taxi chase, but taxi drive, uh, but I would, put this as a pre-titles or something i don't know um but yeah it's super solid and that's all i have to really say about it it's not the best one but it's got a lot to love and i would reread it again and 
Uh, there's elements there that they took, but there's a lot I think they could pilfer from this in a future film. Um, yeah, I will comment shortly. And I've commented on three of these already, so comment shortly, Ben. I I, I shall. I was half typing in chat GPT and it's telling me to do some things and... <laughs> Um, we should all chip in and like use our Patreon money to pay for a subscription to this and <laughs> do all the work. Can you, point, can you point on the doll where chat GPT <laughs> Can I point the what? On the doll. Chat GPT telling you to take your Where did off? it touch you? Shall I ask chat GPT that? Um, <laughs> all right. Well, we'll get back to that. I'll see what it tells me once I've typed that in. Um, 007 in New York is last. Uh, I hate putting it last uh, because I love everything to do in New York and I wanted this to be number one to spite you all, but Noah apparently is doing that already. I mean, I don't really have anything to add that hasn't been added. Um, I've literally written in my notes, might need to try out the egg recipe. Um, <laughs> but I like that. First, first night you're here, Noah, we're having vodka martinis with James Bond eggs and a quiche. Eggs and martini. Well, a lot of fucking eggs and vodka for that night, but hey, I'm <laughs> I, I'm, I'm down. Um, Not to have any chickens. I eat enough chickens. They're surely going to put out some eggs before I put them in my mouth. Um, and it's like, what's like, it's like eight, nine pages long. Like it's GPT, right? <laughs> no, it did. Uh, yes, it did. Yes, that absolutely did. Um, yeah, I don't really have a whole lot more to add on it that has already been said. What about the ending? Not funny. <laughs> <laughs> reptiles. Ah, no reptiles. It's not meant to be hilarious. It's not meant to be low. It, it's supposed to be. Hard. A, I think that was a Frasier episode. Is they it, didn't have a reptile house. Ah, Niles. Is it dated now? Because I assume they probably have many reptile I've, houses. I've been to the Central Park Zoo, and I do not do remember. Have, I don't I'm remember reptiles. Oh, it holds zoo, up. Zoo, that was like 13 years ago. It wasn't a very good zoo. The Central Park Zoo. Central Park's a great place, but the zoo. Uh, London Zoo has a reptile. Good for London Zoo. Um, Central Park Zoo, nothing about a reptile house. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's accurate. Uh, it still stands up. Do we email them and ask them why? <laughs> and then laugh about it. Ah, ha, ha, ha. You should like email Saturday Night Live and they'll do a skit about it. Um, number eight, Quantum Solace. I just, it like, it's literally Bond listening to a story. Like I'm reading a short story about Bond hearing a short story. And... I, like, I think you all know where I'm coming with this, but I'm on board with the guy. She cheated on him. Treat her like shit. You go, guy. I'm on board with him. Good one. Good on that man. Um, and it's all the Canadian references. I'm like, Jesus, why are they Even never... Even if his quantum of solace is at zero? I don't... What? Like, yeah, I don't understand well, it. Well, where is your quantum of solace? <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> silence. Um... <laughs> <laughs> this is it. How do you how do you answer quantum of yeah, I don't get it. Um but like I don't know, like yeah, the twist at the end was kind of like, oh yeah, okay, cool. But I don't know. Like it just it just it's Bond listening to a story. Like, I mean, what what more do you want from that? Like, yeah. Um number seven. Um I thought I was going to be the first to put this up, but now I'll put it up one spot above this. I've got from a view to a kill. Um, it was just, it was fine. Um, but at the same time, it was just like, I don't know, a motorbike goes missing. That's interesting. But then Bond's just in camouflage for a little bit and discovers a hideout and there's 
uh, gypsies, which are we allowed to say gypsies in 2023? Um, probably edited that out in the censored versions now. They're probably like wandering folk. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, again, it was, it was that appropriate. It was fine. Like, I don't know. This was like the octopusy movie of short stories. It was there. It wasn't terrible, but it wasn't brilliant either. And I pre- barely even remember because it's the first one, obviously, that I read. Um, and then I've got this the highest out of ever. My, my four are the same, bottom four are the same as Noah's, just in a slightly different order. I've got the property of the lady. I, uh, that's one thing I would disagree with you, Noah. The middle parts I found weirdly entertaining. I loved this hunt for this guy. Like, that's the part I want to see in a movie. Mm. Like, it kind mm. of almost reminded me of the opera scene in Quantum of Solace because you're trying to find out who's who. And like, I love that. Like, I love the intrigue of trying to find out who this is. All the auction stuff, yeah, like, that was kind of around it. But to me, I was just, like, hooked. And this is the one that pissed me off the most of the ending because it's kind of like, oh, like, where are they turning? And they're in the embassy and scene. And it's like, that's it? Like, I want more. I want Roger more. Uh, in clown costume, finding him in the in the Russian embassy. It was it was just, it was interesting. Um, so, yeah, that's why I got that a little bit higher. But, yeah, I, I just, I want that element of it in a in a movie the hunting for a person that was that was exciting dare i bring up humor and humorous moments oh, i've got some I jokes for you I, i've got some jokes too i i loved uh in that story where bond says to the auction guy is that the end and he's like yeah and bond says but i was ex- i've never been to an auction i was expecting them to go going once going <laughs> yeah, twice. yeah yeah and he's like oh we don't we don't do that these days uh, I'm like, oh, poor Bond, one of these little exciting options. Speaking of jokes, would you like to read the chat GPT funds that we've got here quickly? Uh, yeah, is it about some. Have you got some? Uh, I just I typed in, tell us some jokes about James Bond. Bond! So they oh. said, sure, here are some jokes that we can use these in the future. Why did James Bond open a bakery? Because he wanted to make spies that are shaken, not stirred. <laughs> Oh, hang on. I've got a bakery one, but it's different. How many bakery bond jokes are there? What do you call James Bond when he's undercover at a bakery? Doughfinger. (laughs) Why why did James Bond refuse to play cards with the other spies? Because he didn't want to give away his poker face. (laughs) Is that a joke? (laughs) I could get the twins down here right now to come up with better jokes than this. Why did James Bond become a gardener? Because he had a license to till? Oh, I've got the same joke, but a different punchline. Why did James Bond become a gardener? Because he wanted to live life on the hedge. That's funnier. <laughs> what, what, Ranking what, the joke. What's James Bond's favourite kind of music? Spider-licious. <laughs> What? Mine's different. What's James Bond's favorite type of music? Spy-fi. He loves a good spy-themed soundtrack. So I'm guessing these are all the same with different parts. Is number five, why did James Bond always carry a pencil and paper? I don't have that one. Oh, in case he needed to take some classified notes. 007 style. These are jokes. <laughs> Noah, that's killing Noah right now. It's like the reptile house all over again. <laughs> the best thing I've heard is the reptile how does, house. How does James Bond like his eggs cooked? Secretly. Shh, it's a scrambled secret. I've got the same, but how does James Bond like his eggs? Scrambled, not shaken or stirred. <laughs> that did, one makes sense. Why did James Bond become a chef? Because he heard the secret to a good meal is a license to grill. That's at least... We're getting better. Yep. Uh, why did James Bond always carry a rope? 
just in case it case he needed to bond with someone. <laughs> oh, there's two more. Uh, uh, yeah. Is that like bondage? Probably. Um, what does James Bond say when he enters a party? Bond, James Bond. I'm here to shake, not stir things up. <laughs> double, double, do <doo-doom. laughs> <laughs> And last one is related to Colin. Why did James Bond get a dog? Because he wanted a secret agent with a license to bark. <laughs> wow. They are terrible. <laughs> oh, how about this? Why did James Bond switch from martinis to herbal tea? He realized that it's sometimes better to have a license to chamomile. Oh, God. <laughs> I literally typed in, tell me some better ones. They are shit. <laughs> and it says, I apologize if those jokes me, don't meet your expectations. Here are some more. And I'm not going to read all these. Oh. Uh, all right. So chat well, GPT, not as funny as double loss. <laughs> Our jobs are safe. One thing I wanted to add on property of a lady. Um, did anybody else notice like the very inconsistent uh, feelings Ian Fleming probably had at that time towards women? He basically a writes woman. a random comment in about walking past Mary Goodnight and having to resist the urge to feel up her neck. And then... Then there was a lot of fascination that Bond had about Maria Frudenstein not being attractive enough oh, to have she was sex. Ugly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's in in the so, introduction from whoever wrote the introduction for mine. It was kind of like, oh, Fleming tried to do this to show that uh, this woman was ugly, and it was just he was yeah, going off about it. But it, it, it's kind of important to the story, though, you know, because like, oh, this is why she's going to be a traitor and have all these schemes. You're not distracted by sex like all women would be. Uh, anyways, so. Uh, well, then why are we being involved in any schemes? <laughs> uh, I'll just speak recap- a lot of Well, let's recap our bottom four just before we go into our number fives here. So uh, my number nine was 007 in New York. And my number eight, Property of a Lady. Number seven, Quantum Masalas. Number six, Hildebrand Rarity. Got nothing funny to say about any of them. Uh, all right, my number five. Uh, this is one that I, I think my rankings... Right now, reflecting one story that I really got way more enjoyment out of this time. And then this one, number five, which I got maybe slightly less than I did before, even though I have kind of a new appreciation for it. My number five is The Living Daylights, which uh, uh, is Dom Hay. Well, <laughs> I think the, the punchline on the end of this is like when I, for whatever reason, I think we've talked about this before, like what do you visualize when you, uh, when you actually read these books? Like do you visualize one of the actors and... I've always said, like, no matter what I'm reading, I always picture Sean Connery. And I was picturing Sean Connery during the story. And his delivery of that scared the living daylights ever lied would have been fantastic. And then it, got me, it, it got me imagining how good it would have been with Roger Moore reading that line, which would be better. <laughs> the living daylights out of her. I mean, Why didn't Roger Moore do the audio books? He would have been amazing. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, now I'm really wishing that we had had something like that. Uh, Noah, you are... I was 17 when I lost my virginity. <laughs> Noah's, my head, is... Noah's head is like under his arm. I don't know what they have done. I know, and he has up. his... I think the tree has grown out of his foot. Uh, <laughs> Noah Grove's climbing he's a tree. Groot. Noah is Groot. <laughs> Can this <laughs> be like, like our graph? <laughs> Somehow work this into our graphic for the episode. Oh, I'm not <laughs> yeah. doing that. That's too much. But anyway, uh, you I mean, know our logo Daylights. with the three of us? Can you put that in as oh, my one? Oh, what do you think? <laughs> this you you don't have a job, you're on holiday? Jonathan Wilkins climbing a tree. That's not even Noah <laughs> Gross. <laughs> no, but, one of um, my many aliases. 
what what I loved about this was the way it expanded on it, because it really is just that that one sequence out of the Living Daylights movie, which is the best sequence of the entire movie. Uh, but the way it's expand on it, where it's like it's it's done over the course of like three or two or three days, and it's the boredom of waiting for okay, when when are we going to do something? When's something going to happen? When are we going to shoot this person? And just waiting in this apartment, uh, the 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 other character, I can't remember what's his name here uh, in Living Daylights. Uh, uh, ben, Bender, uh, Bender, Bender, Bender from Futurama. <laughs> I, I remember because it was so close to Saunders. I'm like, why didn't they just go with Sender? But maybe it was too close to Bender. Yeah, no, and that now I actually connect the dots with uh, Saunders. Instead of Benny, Sender. I might start calling you Bender. <laughs> On a Bender. Bender, yeah. But I mean, this guy's got so much personality. I kind of wish we had a character like this in uh, movies. He's almost a a little bit Jack Wade like. He gets into but, a fight uh, with Bond. I like that little squabble they have. Oh, my favorite part though is where he's basically offering Bond. It's like you know you need to relax. You want like something to drink, maybe some tranquilizers. I've got some <laughs> in the medicine cabinet. And oh. Bond's resolution is no. I think I'll just go read some porn. <laughs> <laughs> this is how Bond unwinds, and I'm I Classic love those. Yeah, I, I think Noah, you're the one who talked about like, oh, this is like when missions don't go your way or what Bond does when it's not like the world's most exotic missions. And to me, this is just not the world's most exotic mission. And uh, it's not the first story. In fact, there are several of these, but uh, this is one where Bond kind of deals with like the moral dilemma of, you know, okay, so why am I doing this? Am I just a hired gun now? Uh, which the movies get into, the Dan Craig movies get into a little bit. But uh, uh, to me, I, I think this one, there were just other stories that kind of had the same point to it that uh, I thought were slightly better. But I love just the details of Bond waiting for nothing to happen. And of course, the the, the shot on the end with Kara, the, the the cello and everything. I mean, that's all in the movie. I mean, it's, a, it's, it's a great story. Uh, it, it's just to me, maybe because reading these chronologically, you know, all in one shot, I kind of found some similarities to From a View to a Kill. I found some similarities to For Your Eyes Only and some of the ones that I haven't ranked yet. I just like those ones slightly more. Oh, oh I forgot we are doing them one at a time. Uh, that's what happens when you do pre-production on This is air. one at a time. <laughs> uh, yeah, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> Thought I'd forgotten it, eh? <laughs> Sorry, I, I'll send a picture. Never mind. <laughs> um... Yeah, it's not my my number five, but I basically agree with everything you've said, and that's why it's higher for me. I'll get to it. Yeah, I, I second what Noah says. Uh, so my number, well, to recap, uh, my Quantum of Solace is at number nine, not zero. Uh, eight, Property of a Lady. Seven, 007 in New York. <laughs> six, From a View to a kill to Russia. Oh, um, please look at the chat, Noah. I've seen it. I'm just trying to be professional because none of the listeners can see it, so I don't want them to be I not included. I his face. He's got it like... For the listeners, Ben sent, I assume it's an AI picture of me or David Lee or someone that no, sort of looks like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Or... What? No, it's Colin Hilding doing a poo. <laughs> Oh. But like sitting on a bench or something with four toes, flippers. You are doing a poo on a bench. You've got like three fingers. This is like Colin at rock bottom when the dog has gone crazy. The wife has chucked him I've out there. I've taken over the dog's him. life. I'm the one squatting in the yard and the dog's taking my toilet. It's not your kids. You're becoming raised by wolves. 
Um, I'll type that in. Colin Hilding at rock button after Jamie left the dog. <laughs> Sorry. And Cracker's big race by wins. Uh, I don't even... I, I'm going to shut up. Sorry. This is making this a is great episode podcast. content. <laughs> uh, my number five is Sheena Easton's For Your Eyes Only. Um, this was a hard one because when I ranked them before I did the whole re-listen, I had it at number one. So, and now it's at number five, but it could be number one. It's such a great story. Fleming's descriptions of Canada and the north, uh, the north of America are just so descriptive, and it's such a different location that I wish we would actually explore this in the films. Uh, I like Judy have a lot better than I like Mustacha, and I, I, I just it feels like such a fun sort of adventure when Bond's off through the woods and Gonzalez and who's the other guy Von Hammerstein or something, which is a great name. Why didn't they include Von Hammerstein as Locke or something? It's a great name. Locke? Uh, Nobody tells him what he can't do. Uh, no, Locke from Bond. Um, Thanks for clearing I, that up, Noah. Did, did they talk about in the intro, like, Fleming's treatment of these two girls that hang out at the pool or the lake? Like, doesn't he call them whores or something? I don't think so. <laughs> Fleming at his absolute worst. I, I swear there's a line where it says Hector Gonzalez was hanging out with two whores. <laughs> Excuse you, Fleming. Um, but what I love about this and why it works for a short story, it is the one time really that the books, except for maybe You Only Live Twice, kind of where it's like Bond rogue in a way. It's, I love this M, like, almost embarrassed to ask Bond, like, can you sort this out for me? And there's a great section where uh, Bond's kind of thinking is like, well, this isn't really a proper mission. Do I have a right to kill these people? And he comes around pretty quickly. He's like, oh, they're bad people. They're going to get us a stand eventually. But it, I love that it's not really a proper mission, but it's still from M. And so this time it's personal sort of thing. Uh, it's just there's a lot of sort of moral, sort of ethical, philosophy philosophical sort of stuff but also a lot of exciting action the more i talk about it the more i want to kind of put it up higher because i really do love this do one it. but do it stop it uh but i think i like the other four just a bit better but uh, this is a great short story that perfectly captures what a short story should be and it could have been a novel maybe uh i'll just mine's same number five, so I'll talk about it in just a sec, but I'll just say that my bottom four, uh, 007 in New York, nine, number eight, Quantum Solace, number seven, From a View to a Kill, number six, Property of a Lady, and number five, Pure Eyes Only. Do you want to add anything here, Colin, before I talk about it? or It's not coming up right away for me, so go for it. Um, Yeah, like, it was entertaining, and I liked it. I just like four others better. Um. I think even it's like the second one that I read, uh, obviously in order. Uh, and I think it, it did give me vibes early on of um, From a View to a Kill. But then it just, yeah, I like that descriptive language that you talk about and just how well he does describe the landscape. Um, and the shootout at the end is exciting and it's kind of, yeah. And also love the Havelock stuff at the beginning. Like that, that to me was better than The Boat. In, yeah. in the movie. Like, I kind of like this setting of them being in, like, a mansion in Jamaica and, like, these cars coming up going, like, we want your property. No, okay, bang, bang. Like, that was, yeah, because, I don't know, there was something cool about that standoff. So this almost 
I mean, like I like the movie for your eyes only, but obviously they combine this with what Risico. So I, yeah, I, I kind of like the elements of it, but I don't know if I like Judy better than Mustache. I like Judy. Don't get me wrong, but I, I was, I think the only one who defended Mustache. But um, yeah, I, I, I enjoy this, but I just, I like four others better. I also typed in, no, go ahead. They fit a lot of this into the film as well. Like basically the whole more or less story is there. I was just going to say, I, I typed in to chat GPT, rank all the Fleming short stories from worst to best. And they said, as an AI language, I don't have personal opinions. So here they are in order. And they've apparently, they've, they've got 10 here. So apparently the spy who loved me is a short story. So, okay. Um, one thing just to add on for your eyes only this movie, we just rewatched it, uh, Jamie and I, and, and it was her, her idea. She's like, Oh, I kind of want to watch a James Bond movie. And I'm like, uh, like for your eyes only. Cause that like a year and a half ago when we started watching all these movies with me, that's where we left off. She goes, you know, it's funny you say that because I kind of was in the mood for Roger Moore. I had referred to her as Mustacha and Jamie's like, why do you keep calling her Mustacha? So I tried to explain it to her. And then she was sort of Googling. She's like, I don't see, I don't see a mustache. And then she started Googling. She found like a Reddit thread where somebody went on like a, a massive rant about her mustache in the one shot. <laughs> and she was like, oh, now I get it. <laughs> Wasn't Noah. Can I just add, ChatGPT is pretty cool in terms of, we could do a whole episode of this. So like you type in ideal movie cast for a James Bond film with current actors. Uh, Idris Elba. They have said is it- Id- Idris Elba is James Bond. M, Ray Fiennes. They've gone out of the... Uh, the thing for that. Q, Benedict Cumberbatch. Okay. Money Penny, Naomi Harris. That's an interesting choice. Villain, Tom Hardy. Bond Girl, Charlize Theron. Felix Leiter, Michael B. Jordan. Uh, M's Chief of Staff, so Tanner. Emily Blunt. And, and henchman, Jason Momoa. Sure. Oh, there we go. Um, and what was Jamie's... Uh... Summary of four years, four year eyes only. She liked Margaret she, Thatcher. She, she, well, she didn't know it was Margaret Thatcher, <laughs> but she loves the movie. Because uh, I, I kept trying to ask her, I'm like, so what do you think of this movie? She's like, it's good. I've seen it before. I'm like, she actually remembered this, so that's how I know that it, it made an impression on her. Because it's usually like we're rewatching Goldfinger, and she goes, so what was this one again? I'm like, the one about the gold <laughs> and, and the, the finger. Uh, I thought this was Doughfinger. Sorry. Yeah, and uh, Colin's updated rankings coming in 2034. Yeah, we're back on it. Uh, we well, technically <laughs> what, we actually that was got through part of your of your rankings. Like you don't have to fool your eyes only. Well, well, well Jamie's <laughs> never going to remember what hers are. Uh, but uh, we actually went through the Craigs uh, because this was like we ran out of time before No Time to Die. I'm like, well, I'm each watching the Craigs again. So technically, we only have. What two more Moors, two are Dalton, and four crosses. He somehow found out this weird order to leave Dalton for the end. Yeah. Well, Pierce will certainly be the end. Okay. okay. Um, can I have leave one more? Last, one more? Yeah. Bond cast featuring actors from history who have never appeared in a James Bond film. So quickly, well, they, they got this wrong because they've got Christoph Waltz on this list. But um, James Bond, Michael Fassbender. Okay. M, Gary Oldman. Uh, Q, Emma Thompson. She's probably more of an M, but I can see that. Money Penny, here's one for Colin. Lupita Nyong'o. <laughs> Villain, Christoph Waltz. Bond girl, Marion Coltiard, whatever her name is. Felix, Chiotella Chiu- Chiu- Giafoy. I can never say his name. 
M's cheap as a tenner, Kate Blanchett. And henchman Tom Hiddleston. He was freaking the villain before. Oh, that's so, Tom Hardy. So Different Tom. Come up with a cast for people who have never been in a James Bond movie, and they pick the only villain who's been a villain in more than one James Bond movie. <laughs> AI, AI is really pushing for this female Tanner angle. <laughs> okay. Uh, my number four. So I'm I, I'm I'm actually surprised. I thought we would all have this one ranked higher. Um, of from A View to a Kill. Sorry, I wrote in my notes A View to a Kill. Uh, I'm already wrong, but uh, yeah, I, I love the story. In fact, I almost debated ranking this one even higher than this. The only reason I didn't is uh, more so because of the ending. I mean, I think the action stuff at the end is great, but this is, I think the only one in for your eyes only that sort of ends and it's like, wait, what was that? And I think it's, it's kind of like an ending where it's like, yes, why don't we uh, go get it on right now? You know, Uh, then Mm -hmm. it's, it's very Roger Moore, James Bond movie like, but uh, this there's so much material, yeah, like you said, Noah. Can you sound clap? Sound clap, Colin saying, hey, let's, let's uh, go get it get on somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that, that's so you can play it back to Jamie. Stop it's it! Not- <laughs> 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 but I, I think, Noah, you were mentioning that, like, the material they could have used in the movie. Uh, I mean, we have the Paris setting. We have, uh, I love the little switch with uh, the girls. He's waiting for one girl, but then somebody else comes to intercept him, and... Uh, uh, the, the bike chase at the beginning is fantastic. Like Ian Fleming, it's probably the best action stuff in any of these. Uh, I, I think Fear Eyes only might be slightly up there. And maybe it did help um, that this was the last one that I listened to and it wasn't the first one because I didn't have a chance to forget it all when I got to the end since I had to do the audiobook last. But uh, I love uh, even just the little details in this about uh, the little bunker that these guys have and Bond kind of playing mm-hmm. detective and even the the low expense, like Bond feeling like I shouldn't be doing this. This isn't in my job description and he, nobody else really wants him there. I mean, that would have been a, a fun detail to include in a Bond movie where it's like, you know, he's kind of in on somebody else's territory because he's supposed to be a specialist. Uh, and then him kind of going under kill. We get that a little bit. But like, there's so much fun details in this. Uh, like the the... The, the fight scene that they have is great. Uh, the, the the bunker and all that. I mean, this is, I think, more than any of the others. This is the one that I could see even being a part of the modern. You wouldn't have to change anything, and you can make this part of the modern Bond era. I mean, I love the action stuff. In this, but in the end, it is just sort of an action story. There's not really, like, you know, a, much of a plot to it, and there's not really that twist on the end that I like in so many of the other ones. Yeah, I mean, you could so see this as a 40-minute uh, TV episode, Um but yeah, you're right. There are a lot of elements. And is this one of the only times Fleming's Bond sort of gets in an actual physical disguise? I mean, Roger Moore is always, he's a gorilla and clown. a clown and whatever. But this has to be one of the only times Fleming's Bond gets in like a physical, like a bad guy's costume sort of thing. Um, but yeah, I, I, maybe at the time the Roger Moore films got so crazy that they needed to do California girls and have a big ski submarine boat thing. But like this could have made a perfect pre-title sequence, like sort of motorbike chase for this film. Yeah. I, yep. I all solid points, but as I said, it's like the octopusy movie of short stories. It's fine. You know, what's interesting is that, Noah, you said that uh, coming into this, maybe based off of your your last read, you would have thought For Your Eyes Only would have been number one. This is the one that I remembered liking the best. Uh, So I kind of assumed 
before I reread these over the weekend that it, from a view to a kill was going to be my number one and ends up as number read. four. So. She, like, imagine well, if we had gone into this 14 novel reread and I just said I'd just listen to the audiobooks. You would rip into me. <laughs> we've read them before. Oh, I've read them yeah, before. Yeah, we've actually read them. We have a license to audio. Lazy. Lazy. <laughs> I've got kids. I, I've got a dog. I've got a wife. I got a $2 copy of the book that didn't have From a View to a Kill in it. Colin overpaid. They're all on YouTube. <laughs> He's bankrupt. Uh, He's got a dog. He is. Ben, I'm with you. I'm like the big, you know, I'm a hipster. I like me old movies, me old music. I'm not an audiobook guy. I need to like physically read it on the page, but they were enjoyable. I, I like growing up, I used to like fall asleep to audiobooks. Like I had this Jurassic, I bought the Jurassic Park audiobook and cassette that I think I wore out because like I'd listen to that every night before I go to sleep. But um, yeah, I don't know. Do you remember that time someone sent us an email and they told us they like fell asleep to Tough Lost Seven and then like the German National Anthem? Oh, playing. yeah, that's right. They thought they woke up in like an alternate universe with the Third Reich. And that's what we do. We, we secretly try to recruit them to the Nazi party, you know? Shout out to, shout out to whoever the that person is. Okay. So, <laughs> I'm not putting those two sentences together because uh, you'll loop something um i'm shout out so to in love with die another day that's not the right button but thanks for that colin <laughs> stop it stop it what i need one of those buttons too stop it stop it stop it stop it stop it god jb's upstairs like what am i doing what's colin shouting at me is the dog down there? Okay, my number four. Uh, speaking of... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, take it away from me. <laughs> Good timing, but stop it. Um, my... Ben is like a... a, a... Uh, you you need to move back in with your dad. I think you need an adult figure in your life. You, it's like a child is run amok. I live by myself lolly. now. I can finally stay up late. I don't have a bedtime. You <laughs> <laughs> drink red coffee or eat lollies for dinner. <laughs> 36 years until Ben could live alone and then he's just turned into which Like, uh, what is it? Uh... Home alone. <laughs> <laughs> Jumping on the couch, having the candy. <laughs> no, it's uh, what's the the Tom Cruise movie? Uh, you take that all records up the shelf, underwear. No, I don't want to see that image. Um, oh, leave Tom but Cruise if somebody away, out there does, and they're they're willing to pay us for one month of Patreon, if, you'll get a video. If someone pays the top tier for the top. For one month, we will send you a picture of Noah climbing a tree autograph, and I will recreate Risky Business. Okay, guaranteed. Guaranteed to, guaranteed to for another month. Film. I will re You'll be playing the hooker, too. I will get the script. Can we do it on Zoom? 90 we'll minutes. We'll up the part, and we'll just read Risky Business on I've Zoom. never seen it, so I don't know what happens in it. I'm guessing there's a business that's a bit risky. There's um, a hooker. Uh, do That's I get a Patreon episode. We'll read the script, acting like an audio book. <laughs> Risky business. We have to divvy up the parts. We'll do it randomly. Pick them out of our hand. <laughs> we We're do, do ninety minute cut off. Entire film. 
Oh, yeah. oh God. That's why we never get paid. Trust me, we're threatened worse. Um, no, uh, all I'm thinking is another month on the streets because no one's going to be signing up for that. Um, <laughs> I am homeless at the moment. My number four, speaking of uh, homeless people and people who have a house, it's the Hilding Rarity. Uh, this is an, this is another one I've kind of been in the past, like I get why they didn't call it a film this. I've changed my mind. Screw it up. Call the movie The Hildebrand Rarity. It's such a unique title. And I know it's a bit of a mouthful, but it would stand out. Like movies what coming out nowadays, what Spider-Man. The Hildebrand <laughs> Rarity. It stands The Flash. <laughs> the Flash. Boring. Uh, the Hildebrand Rarity. Indiana gonna... Jones. <laughs> yeah. Like boring. I'm going to see The Hildebrand Rarity. Um <laughs> meet Spider-Man. So I yeah, that's Colin's superhero name, the Hildebrand Rarity. Um I I used to be like, I get why they didn't call the film this. No, I'm like called cool on 26, the Hildebrand Rarity. It's kind of a cool title. It's very sort of elegant Fleming. Uh, but this one for me is sort of most improved. I like I would have been lower, I think, if I ranked them without re-reading them. Uh, but it's just such a fun story. The characters are so colorful. Uh Milton Crest. They got a little bit of it in the film. I'll give them that. But he's so much more colourful and lively as a villain. And he's not a traditional villain where he's taken over the world, but he still, like, makes for a great villain and antagonist playing off on the conversation. And who's the other guy? Oh, forgetting his name, the other guy on the boat. I loved him too. Uh, James Bond. No, the James other. James uh, Yeah, yeah, that the guy. Fish. Uh Barbie, I think his name was Barbie. Or, oh, that's another movie coming uh, out. Barbie, Barbie, boring Barbie. Um, and and then the the wife too, who I guess became Lupe in the film, uh, Elizabeth Crest. Uh, they're also lively as characters, and she's not a traditional sort of Bond girl. Uh, but Fleming, he he knows his islands. He can write a damn good island. He never wrote Tasmania, but uh, he can write a good island. Uh, and the writing of this is so good. And I love the plot with the fish, but then it turns out the fish isn't actually the story. The story is this uh, like smarmy Milton Crest, Wave Crest guy. Why was that fish there? We got a fish in License to Kill, but why was that not included? I would rather have seen that death over yeah. an exploding head. It's such a cool spy, sort of thrillery, elegant sort of kind of slightly off crazy death of a guy getting like basically smothered by a poisonous fish choked whatever like i would prefer that than the exploding head put that into a film so i think call a film the hildebrand rarity put that fish death in to a film going forward uh but there's just so much to love and i love that it turns into a bit of a whodunit with a bit of a cliffhanger but you kind of fill in the pieces so it's such a fun fun read and Definitely most improved for me. Um, there's a lot to love in this. Uh, you're just doing what you did with Colin on your first book episode because I, mean, I, I talked about what I did with Colin. I, I dream about it every night before Stop I it. go to bed and play with my Hildebrand rarity. Um, I <laughs> That's what I call my penis. Um, that's not true. I call it Richard. Um, but I, no, I mean, get it, get did you actually name your penis something? I like I when I was like, in primary school, my friend and I called our penises names. <laughs> my penis is called Richard. So um, I'll 
Boss. Hands the truth up, boss. Um, if you uh, smaller than possible, when you when you sign up to our, our Patreon, uh, tell us the name of your. Penis. <laughs> <laughs> Can we just put that on our Facebook page? Do you name your penis? Tell us in the comments below. Um, I. I agree with everything you said, though. I think this is actually, like, when you both sold this as they try to find a fish, like, cool. But, like, it was weirdly interesting. And then, I like, Milton Crash just sells this, but, like, the death is amazing. Like, I kind of love this. And the thing I think, Colin, you touched on it earlier is I love the ending where, like, you don't know who killed him. Like, you are meant to believe it's what's-her-name, but, like, it could be Barbie. Like, it's just, it's so open-ended. And, like, I love that. Like, I, I think, Noah, you've talked about it before. And you're like, you don't always need a closing of an ending. You know, like, it's it's sometimes you can just have it a little bit open-ended as long as it's as long as long it's done in a way where it's, like, good, not, like, shit open-ended ending. Um, but, yeah, like, I just, I found it really, really fascinating and engaging. I think I read this one in, like, one go. Um, so, no, I really enjoyed this one. And... I did kind of think it's funny that large elements of this it was used in License to Kill that ends with a blinking fish. Do you think that's like a homage to the book in a weird a way? <laughs> like a wink, but it's a fish. Like, hey. A wink to the book. It's, it's listen to the filmmakers going, you get it. There's a fish in the book. And now there's a fish at the end. Ding. Hildebrand rarity. There's one for you true fans. Let's add that to IMDb trivia. I've got a question for you. Exploding head death or um, rarity fish death? I love the explo- like. I love the exploding head. Um, but I, yeah, I think this would be more interesting. But I think the head explosion works in the context of the movie. If you were to use the fish death, you need to make that different. I think it's more shocking, positively shocking, the way they do it in the movie. But um, no, I really enjoyed this. I really enjoyed Still this. Still time for a fish death. Always a blinking fish death. Uh, yeah, I mean, I talked about this. I, I talked about this earlier, but um, I mean, I'll, I agree. I think the fish death. In fact, the fish death to me is sure. There's that shock of a head just exploded, but it's kind of like you know a better version of what we got in Live and Let Die. Uh, to me, this fish death was horrifying, and it's horrifying because you don't see it happen. You mm. just see Bond walk in, and it's it's all in your imagination. How did this actually happen? You know, you hear the guy snoring, and it comes in, and he sees him smothered by a fish. Uh, yeah, I'd be all for it. you. This is one of the the great unused elements from the stories. Uh, my number three, uh, and I'll be the first one to bring this up. Um, maybe somebody will match me on it. Uh, Risico, uh, and this is the only story I think where it kind of took a bit of a, a a bit of a drop for me. Although coming right off of watching the movie and then reading this was interesting because it is so close. I would say particularly the Christados opening stuff is like exactly the same as in the movie. You know, there's the the recording device at the table, the staged argument with uh, Liesl and everything. Um, but what I actually found really interesting was was how close Cristado is to what Julian Glover, Glover played. And, and the fact that they didn't really expand on his character in the movie, I think, was the issue with Cristados as a villain. They just said, okay, well, he's going to be that guy from the short story, and that's kind of all we get. Uh, but what I really did like about this is how Columbo is just slightly different. And this is where I, I think even during the Fear Eyes Only recap, I said I wish that they had made this Columbo versus Christados thing a bigger part of the movie. They basically sort of adapt the Fear Eyes Only story for the beginning part of the movie, and then they transition into the Risco story, and then both kind of just get dropped. 
and then they go off on their own thing with the attack. And I would have liked this to be an add Margaret Thatcher and a parrot in there. Uh, but I would have liked this to really be expanded. This was the story where I'm like, I want more. Uh, Roger, Roger Moore. Moore. <laughs> and the the two that are higher on my list were also ones where I was left wanting more, but it was more like I was satisfied wanting more. With Risico, I'm like, <laughs> I'm, I'm unsatisfied. I want I want a little bit Jamie. more. Like, give me just something. Just give me give me one or two extra pages, something like that, to kind of expand even in the short story form this battle between Christados and uh, Columbo. But a detail that I think they missed the boat on in the movie more than anything is that when Columbo's introduced, he's a threat because you you kind of already know, even in the book here or in the short story, you know Christados can't really be trusted. Even Bond says, I really don't know if I trust this guy. So you're taking it with a grain of salt when he's saying, oh, Columbo's this evil heroin dealer or whatever. Uh, but then when you get introduced to Columbo, you got to Paul, who's so charming, so charismatic that for without him even saying it, his points as to why he's the good guy and Christados is the bad guy, you're already siding with him. But yet in the, the story here, what's so much uh, different and what's so great is that it's a threatening altercation they have. So you do kind of side with Christodos a little bit when Columbus introduced. And that would have been a nice detail to include in the movie. But still amazing story. Um, I, I probably would have thought coming into this, that it would have been a view to a kill as my number one and Risco is my number two. But uh, drops just one spot, still in my top three. I'm jealous that you got to rewatch the movie recently because I want to watch... To Paul was Colombo, not that guy. Just, just you talking about him makes me want to watch that. Um, well, turns out you're not such a hilding rarity that you thought you were, because I have a match at number three. It's Risico, or as my audiobook guy said, Risico at the beginning of it, um, which threw me for a loop. Is that the Chinese the voice? They got to admit the legend shop. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like the idea of, oh, oh, there's a new audiobook coming out and the guy does voices, but instead of like different voices, every voice is just like racist Chinese character. <laughs> so James Bond, Columbo, every, that's the only voice he can do. Uh, and if this was 10 years ago, I would have done some of those lines for a comedic effect, but I'm not going to touch that. Um, if you're in Australia, you'd do them, you wimp. <laughs> uh yeah, I, I mean, I talked about property of a lady, Hildebrand Rarity. This, this of all of them, how is this not the title of a film so far? And I hope Bond 26 is called Risico because it's such a great title. It's it's unique, it's kind of punchy, but it still feels Fleming and sort of romantic, flamboyant, not flamboyant, uh, like sort of romantic. Uh, and Risico could be anything. It means risk in Italian, but it could be Code. like... Uh, a bad a code it could be a bad guy could be the name of a villa a villa a bond girl it could be a place it could be yeah anything a weapon like a thunderball type thing so it's crazy to me they haven't used this like they could have called skyfall risico it's basically same syllables and whatnot uh i'm i'm with you before when i ranked them it was my number one i always have such fond memories and it didn't go down because it's bad it's still number three i guess it's there's a lot to love there, but I guess in the end, it is a lot of just the kind of, kind of conversation, but the dialogue is so good. The Columbo of the stories and the movie, they, they're up there with each other and they are slightly different. Uh, so even though there's not tons of sort of action going on, it's just the characters that really bring this story to life. And most of it's been used. And I agree, like the ATEC stuff, it's the sort of MacGuffin of that film it's so but it is even unnecessary as that you could have really lent more into these two um 
So it's successful in the movie, but just as successful, if not more, in the book. And it, it's really Fleming at his best in terms of character and dialogue, which is what sells this one. Uh, so great story and such a great title. Why have they not used this as a title? Uh, number three, Rithiko, uh, <laughs> which I'm glad there's one that's in our top, which I was very going to, I was about unsure about, but, um, me too. Yeah. I look, I think I agree with everything you said. I mean, it's, it's the movie it's, and again, as I think I said at the beginning of the episode, it's, you know, if you know what's going to happen, it's not as shocking, but I think the way that it's written, I like the boat element. Like I know kind of in the movie, you sort of have those like big giant roll things, what like the newspaper sort of roll in that sort of standoff in the, the docks. But I like this sort of on the boat sneaking around kind of that element of it, um, which I mean, that could have worked in the movie, like had them hiding on the boat and getting ready to go and everything. Um, and I kind of like that when you got that viewpoint from Columbo basically like listening to the tape and kind of going all that way with it. Like it was just kind of, it was a unique way of doing it. So, um, and even just the way that bond was like sent to Italy, kind of just the whole, like, Hey, we know about this guy who wants to do this. Like it's kind of, it was just, I was very fascinated the way it sort of was, was led into it. So um, yeah, I enjoyed it. And I agree. Risco is a great title. I think all, I mean, 007 in New York, yeah, probably not. But, like, all the ones that they haven't used. So, the Hildebrand Rarity, Risco, and Property of a Lady can all be used. And I think they should use them. Do you think they will be used if you had to bet? Well, I mean, I I never knew that Quantum of Solace was a short story. I thought that was just a made-up thing. So, like, the fact that, that they decided to use that in 2008, I mean, how long had it been, what, since The Living Daylights? So they'd actually used the title of a, a mm. you know, I mean, I know Goldeneye was where he worked, but, like, you, you know, it was sort of it was the first time in a while they'd use it. So it wouldn't surprise me. I don't, I don't care how like bad the die blow fell die or whatever. I'm, I know fan service, whatever. I'm all for using all the Fleming titles and characters and just use it all. You touched on a point there though. Like in no time did I, they used so much from the books, didn't they? Mm. That, so they're still using stuff from the books to this day. So why you're wouldn't listening, they? Barbara Bond 26, Risiko, Thilda Brown Barrett. Uh, so we're up to the top two, which is really uh, our number one uh, reveal here. But quickly recapping my nine through three. There we go. Uh, nine, 007 in New York with scrambled eggs. Number eight, uh, property of a lady's average egg. Uh, number seven, uh, quantum of solace, zero, one, two, some number there. Uh, number six, the Hildebrand rarity would make a great title of a 007 movie. Number five, must have scared the living daylights out of her. Uh, <laughs> number four, from a view to a kill. From a view to a kill. And number three, Risico, uh, which leaves me with my number two and my number one. Uh, and neither of these that I think would have been in my top two. I thought one of them would have been in my top three. The other one might have cracked my top five. Uh, but... Uh, <laughs> This, it, it, I think the order I read them in also kind of determined how my number one was going to be. But my number two is Octopussy, which is, I think, the only one that hasn't come up for any of us yet. Uh, it's going to be in all of our top two, which is crazy. 
this is the one that I always remember loving from the second book, from the Octopussy Living Daylights one, yeah, and liking the other ones to a certain degree, but loving Octopussy. But I still didn't really see as much to it. And I don't know how I, maybe because it had been like four years between when I read this and when Spectre came out, I completely didn't even realize Oberhauser, the connection there, not just that, but like the climbing accident and all that. Obviously, different uh, uh, storyline. There's no Bond involvement in there, but you want to talk about a great detail to be uh, able to be worked into a movie. Like, let's, let's adapt more of this story. I mean, we really, we just got to get a passing reference in the Octopussy movie mm. to this. Um, and you want to know what I call my penis? Dexter Smythe. Uh, <laughs> and so I could say, is that the this is my Dexter title. You know what you call my... <laughs> I can say this is my Dexter Smythe, and then Jamie can say this hey, is my Jamie, octopus. You know what time it's for? Dexter Smythe oh, time. Dexter Smythe and Octopussy. That's uh, my little Dexter. Stop it! <laughs> but, I mean, Jamie, hands off is... my Dexter Smythe. That might be the best quote ever. I'm going to use that as a sound. You know what I call my penis? Dexter Smythe. But, but you can like edit it all together with different ones. So you know what I call my penis? Shirley Bassey. <laughs> you know what I call my penis? A woman. Jonathan Wilkins. <laughs> you know what I call now my that's penis? That's the name of Noah's. Noah's gay. penis his name is Noah's penis is named Jonathan Wilkins. That's why I panicked when AI said and Jonathan Wilkins. How do they know? <laughs> but uh I I think Octopussy, I, I I so was tempted to make this my number one even. And maybe the Do only it. reason I didn't uh well, was because damn it. There you go. You got your clip. Uh, the only reason I didn't is because uh, for your eyes only, which is going to be my number one, oh, spoiler. Uh, has obviously a lot more James Bond in it. But uh, Octopussy is it's such a fantastic story. And this is really the same thing that he did with Quantum of Solace, where Bond's barely. And in fact, I would actually say Bond's in this less than Quantum of Solace because Quantum of Solace, they'll constantly cut back to him and say, yes, tell me more. Uh, but uh uh, Octopussy. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I just love the fact that Colin had to take time to read what Noah says in the chat. There's this awkward pause. We're on a good roll here. And it's like, yes. uh-huh. okay, yes. Back, back, back six, seven years ago when we did smart, uh, smart boom. Oh, we didn't do smart. Smart boom. <laughs> Colin did smart when we did Skype. We would chat in the box all the time, and you'd never know it listening. And yeah, now, exactly. Like, now it's such a distraction. Now we don't do it, and I typed one thing. And, oh, I stopped and oh, read awesome. it on it, <laughs> old man. But uh, Octopussy... <laughs> but but uh, Octopussy is the story where I feel like you have the most character out of any character in these stories. Like, we talked about Milton Kress being a good character. And, you know, I even think, like, the couple from Quantum of Solace being great characters and, like, Judy. But Dexter Smythe's character is so well developed i mean the the, the way you get Wait, are we talking about the character here what are we talking about you know which one we're talking about <laughs> i call my penis <laughs> it, it does have a lot of character let's try it does. Please, please let me call the episode that please <laughs> no no but i mean even uh, even aside from just his character the whole story here about like the gold smuggling and everything and did this remind anybody of like the um simpsons episode where uh, Homer climbed Mount Springfield, uh, uh, and then yeah. he, the guy that the grandpa had left behind and bit the arm off. Oh. That's kind of what we have here. But I mean, even even the Spectre references aside, I mean, this story is just fantastic. I mean, this is one that you're like on the edge of your seat. Like this is a page turner, and Bond's barely in it. Um, but 
Uh, it's not my number. My number one is for your eyes only. And I actually, I do wonder if the order of reading this, uh, because I, one of you mentioned that, you know, there was a lot of similarities between a view to a kill and this. Ben didn't even know what I was going to say. And Ben's like, I did it. It was me. I thought you were talking about the order, like who mentioned the one in order. That was me. Well, well, I, I think just the fact that uh, a view to a kill and this, they are kind of similar. And then you read a view to kill and read this. So maybe this one goes down a little bit because this was the first one I read titled a view to a kill. Uh, this, I just couldn't get over how good it was. I mean, it's interesting. Like, okay, it's fun to have Canada in there, but like, to me, that's actually the least interesting part of this. And it's still great yeah. to see all the little details about how bond would get into the smuggle into the country. And then he basically has to go into, uh, I don't know what, what color he would be. He's brown facing himself or whatever. Yeah. Uh, tanning himself maple syrup uh, face. across the maple syrup <laughs> face <laughs> but uh that would be a good henchman syrup face <laughs> but but him getting across the board i mean that's interesting but then it only gets better and th this is where you kind of catch up with the movie uh with the the way that he encounters molina or mustache here uh but the moral <laughs> dilemma is the best part and to me this is the story that played that moral dilemma about killing the best because a it's it's him taking it very seriously Ben's having a laugh attack. <laughs> ten minutes, Ben. Ten minutes. Oh, I typed in chat GBT. Give me some name suggestions for my penis. <laughs> Dexter Smythe on there. The giggle stick. <laughs> God. Mr. Anyways. Whiskey. Uh, Sir Sausage. Uh, <laughs> all good Bond villain name. <laughs> Just to tie it Anyways, back to the so show. Uh, yeah, so the, the the moral dilemma and then Bond being separated from Melina and even just the description of the action and the shootings from afar, it's very similar to the movie, the way he sort of hits the water from the, the shot into his back. But what I actually like about this best is that even though there are similarities to the movie, it's all the things that are different from the movie that expanded on it. And this was the story more than anything that like I'm like, oh, please, like, continue. Let this be the first act and then let us get, you know, act two and three after this and make this a whole novel. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, the biggest surprise to me is Octopussy because I thought me having it in the top two was like going to be this big drama on the show because uh, I didn't know, I didn't think that that would be a high ranking one. And all of us have it in our top two. And as I said, Fear is only at one time ranked really high up there for me. So me having a five isn't a disagreement with what you say, but. Uh, shame on the anti-Canadianness of this novel, Colin. You were supposed to be coming on here, spraying it's... maple syrup out of your tits and dancing around a Canada tree, <laughs> uh, riding some snow dogs and whatever Canadian. The There's an AI-generated <laughs> image. I, I like. I seriously am so baffled why they have not used Canada, and particularly the way they describe this setting. Because I mean. Canada is a beautiful country. It really is. There's so many elements that you could use. Like what we had with Norway in No Time to Die. You use that in Canada. There's plenty of places like that in Canada. Um, I guess it's just on paper, and no disrespect to Canada, Canada doesn't sound exotic, you know, um, which is completely untrue. So, again, I think we need to do this bet. Where are they going to go first, Canada or Australia? Um, go to Winnipeg. Well, <laughs> uh, we want excitement. Um, but... Oh, they've got a they've got a dog in Winnipeg now. They've got the Human Rights Museum, so shit happens there. But um, Col Colin, 
yeah, I just do, 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 do. that visual, like the visual writing style of that uh, was good. But yeah, I, I'm I'm with you, Noah, on Octopussy. Like that, that's the one that I had yeah. in my top two. Go, like I'm going to get ripped a new one for this me. one. Me, Ben, and Octopussy. Now that's a human centipede. I think um, that's guaranteed. That's guaranteed to be our number one average overall. Damn. Yeah, which maybe. Yeah. yeah. Um, ben Fleming had been to Canada before, right, Colin? Like he. Lived he, there he trained, for a bit? yeah. What's well, because the the spy training camp that's located in Canada, Camp X, is uh, where Fleming trained. Didn't we discover in that little facts about Winnipeg thing, Colin, that like he had some yeah. connection to Winnipeg and it was written in Winnipeg or like Winnipeg? They, they claimed that Winnipeg was like they invented where Bond came from. Like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, uh, Colin wrote that. So. My number nine, Quantum of Solace, is at a zero again. Uh, my number eight, The Property of a Lady, is her scrambled eggs, 12 of them. Uh, my number seven is 007 in the reptile house or lack ah! My number six is From Russia to a View to a Kill to the World is Not Enough to Dr. No. Um, my number five is for... For bonds, maple four. syrup only, five. Uh, my number four is, I think, the Hildebrand rarity. Hilding rarity is a better name than Dexter Smythe for Collins' thing. Uh, my number three is Risiko. And my number two, want to take bets? No. No. No, Okay. <laughs> Octopusy. Time is out forever. <laughs> My number two is he must have scared the living daylight out of her. Uh, if George Lazenby was in that film, uh, don't have much more to add than what Colin you've already said. It's it's such an atmospheric piece, and the film does get it really well. But I think the book does it better. And I love that the twist of this story is so perfect that Bond's kryptonite is. Do you have the clip ready? Is no, oh, he doesn't. Dexter Smythe. <laughs> Stop it! Bond's one kryptonite is... Oh, hang on. A woman. Yes, it's a woman. <laughs> Can we edit that? Um, a woman. A woman. A woman. That's such a, that's such a great twist that uh, plays so well to the Bond character in... And, the only thing I'd add is maybe some sort of rumination on like Vespa during that um, as well. And his uh, interaction with different women over the past, but yeah, the, the, the Saunders sender character and their relationship and what Colin was saying about like the, what goes on when there's the mission, there's slow, like this is what the short stories give us is sort of bond on his sort of off unexciting missions. And, and I love that in the end, once again, Bond fails. Like in 007 in New York with the Reptile House, he doesn't kill Kara or Trigger, which Trigger is a great name. They should yeah. use that for a henchman or a Bond girl Mortis. at some point. Um, but, but that is such a perfect sort of twist and that he failed. And is it was it M or Saunders or someone at the end who says, like, well, I'm going to have to write this in the report that you Saunders failed. Guy. Yeah, Bond's like, meh, whatever. Um so yeah, such a great story, and the film—it's more, more or less there, okay. really. Um, and my number one—I was so shocked by this because I thought I was going to be Mister Controversial tonight. Uh, it's Octopussy. Octopus, uh, like Rocky's going to be happy. Octopussy's 
first in maybe two peoples, at least one person, top two. Um, if you had got me to rank before I revisited Ew. these, reread them, um, I would have had it quite low. I never thought highly on this one. And it, this is a perfect story. It's Fleming writing at his absolute best. And I think this is the one time we have quantum with like the girl and whatever, uh, and the guy and the air hostess. It's like, why do we care about these people? This is one time where he makes us care about a character that we've just met and that we shouldn't really care about. But then the genius of the story is he somehow manages to tie into Bond when uh, Dexter Smythe, which I can never think of that character ever again, <laughs> thanks to Colin. Uh, Dexter Smythe, uh, the character. Uh, Not the when penis. he asks <laughs> Dexter Smythe, the, Smythe, the man, the myth, the, the, the penis. penis. <laughs> the man, the myth, the penis. <laughs> is that the episode title? Um. Uh, but when he asks Bond, well, like, who are you? Like, why are you here? Why did you come? And then that's when the it all drops and the big twist is that Bond wanted to be on this mission because he knew Oberhauser. He was, you were like a father to me or a brother. Um, and that's such a yeah, perfect brother. twist. But then we get, on top of that, we get, <laughs> you, were, you were like a brother to me. And on top of that, we get another twist where Bond leaves. Like, these short stories are like Bond not doing his job, basically. Lazy Bond. He, he basically gives uh, Dexter, the character, a choice <laughs> of like, do you want to be in jail for the rest of your life, go through the courts, or I'm giving you the chance to kill yourself. It's quite dark. And and then Dexter starts going through like, well, is Bond only wanting me to do this because he doesn't want to fill out the paperwork of like, <laughs> catching me, which I could see Bond doing. Uh, and then he's talking about, well, maybe I could talk my way out of it, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so the story is just so gripping and so it's got philosophy, it's got action, it's got great dialogue. Uh, the flashbacks work so well with Oberhauser and the gold. It's thrilling to like see her. And then he marries the boring woman and, and he goes to Jamaica and she ends up like killing herself accidentally. Um, the only thing I don't like about this story is the ending is brilliant with uh, him like, being what? eaten by <laughs> the only thing I like about I like, it is that the ending is brilliant. I wanted a I, shit ending. I only like bad endings, like 007 in New York. Um, but the ending is brilliant where his little octopus, his one pet at the beginning is what ends up eating him. It's like darkly comedic and quite gruesome, and I wish that was sort of in the film somewhere. But the one thing I don't like is he was given this choice, kill yourself or I'll come and catch you. But then he sort of like conveniently that same day accidentally gets poisoned by the fish, right? It's not his choice. Like, Doesn't that sort of take away from the whole moral dilemma? I, I think that's the way I originally read it. Because I remember this being kind of like a darker ending. But I almost, I almost wondered reading it this time, this may just be me filling in the blanks, if he just sort of like, Come on, sting me, sting me, sting me. Like, like he was waiting for this to happen. Cause even the way he sort of responds, it's like, oh, I can't believe this happened. You can almost mm. see it with a little bit of sarcasm, but that's mm. just sort of the way I'm reading it. Yeah, maybe I, I like that reading better because that was the one thing that took away from it was above like him trying to feed his pussy and then getting eaten by it is just it's so thrilling at the end of this guy's life. And then I love the little bit at the end where Bond. Bond put in the report, presumed drowned, which was supposed to be a euphemism. But the, the little octopusy 
ATIM. Uh, this spy lobby I I love, but this I think it was Fleming finally succeeding in doing a great piece about someone who's not Bond and like putting Bond into the mix. It's so well written. I kind of want to read it or listen to it again now, minus the racist uh, Chinese voices. Colin's looking very sketchy, like he needs to leave. So do I need to just tell you my things and you can bugger off, or are you are you sticking uh, around? I got Mr. I got a, I got a couple minutes if you want to go through yours. We got a couple minutes. That's what Jamie always up. says. Um, so my nine is 007 in New York. My eight is Quantum of Solace. My seven is from a view to a kill. Number six is the property of a lady. It's a lady. Bombs is a lady. Number five, oh, a woman. For your, um, what was the name of the, uh, I was going to call it Dick Stamper. For your Dick Stamper only, uh, for the Hilden, um, I kind of don't want to say the Hilden brand rarity now, it sounds dirtier. Uh, number three, the Risico penis, number two, I haven't got to that yet. Um, I cannot believe that basically I think Noah and I have the same top five because at number two, oh, the living daylights, um... Yeah, I like. I love the movie, and I love the book, and I think it was great. And I just wish there was. This would have been probably my number one had the ending maybe been a bit better. I like the ending, but it's just it's. I like it. I wanted more. I wanted Roger more. But everything you guys have said, like I kind of like Bond on a mundane mission. And again, maybe the movie does ruin it slightly because you know clearly this shoot is going to be the girl. But like it's just it's kind of a cool twist that. You know, if you take yourself out of the movie and knowing that, it works. And I just, I love that kind of just the back and forth he has with this bloody what's his Saunders character. Um, and it's just, it's fascinating. It's really, really interesting. I think you mentioned about how it's like very dark, like the, the dour setting of this German street, like in the peak of the Cold War where you've kind of got, you know, the separate parts of Berlin, you know, these, these mm. Germans who are just like leaving their office at this time and it's just... Yeah, everything about it. And even just like the little spy tricks of we're going to have a car parked out the front that's going to backfire at the right time with the gun. And even the training at the beginning when he's just kind of like gone to what, like England to do shooting practice. It's kind of, you know, it's cool. Like everything about it's great. And as I keep saying, like, so the, the biggest thing to me out of all of these Fleming novels that I've read is just how much are in the movies. Because again, I just had this vision of a couple are in the movies and the rest are kind of just their own things, but like just little things like this. that it's like, okay, clearly movie elements. And then we're still seeing that in the modern movies. Um, I'm with, you Noah. I literally thought I would be the only one having octopus this high. Again, I had, this is crazy. I had no opinions of, of knowing anything about what these, how these stories are viewed. And I just kind of went into octopus here afterwards. And I'm like, wow, that, that was amazing. I think like, Oh, this is probably one that's going to be mid tier. They're going to laugh at me having it number one. But I thought the opposite. I thought you were going to have it at number nine. But the thing that I, I love the fact that both my number ones in the novels are movies that I don't particularly like. Like Moonraker was my bottom movie, but my top novel. And Octopus is kind of just down there somewhere. Um, and yet it's my number one short story. I, again, everything you guys said, I love the way they kind of set, like Bond just shows up and then kind of goes into this story. Yeah, like exactly nails it to what Quantum of the Solace didn't. And I just love this story because again, it's sort of, it's a mystery. Like you're, you're learning this as it goes along. I love the Overhauser reference. I love the fact that Spectre used that. That just makes me love Spectre even more. Um, and I just kind of love the way, like even on top of the, like even the way he just kills the guy, he kills Overhauser on top of the mountain. It's so, sh it's just sudden. It's just, it's just like, you're not expecting it. It's a boom. Like 
you, in a movie you can see that, but like in a book, like to get it so shocking like that, it's so well done. Um, and yeah, the connection with Bond, everything about it is great. And the thing that I absolutely love the most about this book is the ending. I love this guy's death. I think it's fantastic. Colin, I know you've read the Jurassic Park novel. Noah, you're going to read it. That's in my next hundred episodes. I want you to read the Jurassic Park novels. But like what Michael Crichton does so well in the novel of Jurassic Park is, well, I've got the tape. I'll send it to you. Um, is he, like the deaths are so graphic. I think I read like the first half of Jaws once and Jaws is a very graphic book. Like the way they describe the deaths. Um, and like this just reminded me of like Jurassic Park, the way they're describing. The Richard Kill audio biography. <laughs> Here's to us. Um, happy 11 year Facebook friendship, by the way, Noah. We celebrated that this week, so good for us. Oh. Next year, if you and I, Colin, don't worry, we'll get there soon. Um, 10 years, I think, this year, isn't it? But um, I think, yeah, like just Who's it's, counting? it's a graphic Colin is because he's got to go. Um, it's it's a graphic ending, and just the way it does, uh, like just everything about it is great. And, um, yeah, maybe I need to listen to Dr. Book because I, I like a good audio book with some racial undertones. Honestly, like, again, I, I'm a big fan of actually reading the book. I don't know how many more audio books I'm going to read, but if I could recommend one, it was the Octopussy one minus the, the racial thing. Uh, the rest were fine, but he, he was so good at narrating as Dexter and everything like that. And, and do you not think they could make this as a film, like change James Bond's name? This could just be a great film about a, a spy or a yeah. detective coming to find this guy 20 years later and then him kind of looking back on his life with flashbacks, cutting between the present. You could make a great even, film. Even as a Bond film, you could expand it on it that, you know, like there's just more of a middle section of this book about him getting revenge for the death of Obert, you know what I mean, and just kind of expand Yeah, maybe like... Dexter Smythe could be the the villain of the film, and it could be like a flashback of God, villain penis. through his life. He is the there you go, there you go, Danny Boyle. Take that one off. That's what I call my second penis, Danny Boyle. Danny Boyle. <laughs> Ugh, Boyle. So, uh, do we want what's, our music? Thinking, what's our thinking music? I think do do we go thinking music Taxi is Frasier, and then we close with Taxi Ride because it's a longer song. Sure. Okay. So, um. I guess I do this bit. So, computer, think for me and play a bit of the smartest sitcom ever to be a sitcom. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. Quite stylish. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegged. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. Calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. What is a boy to do? Frazier has left the building. Yeah, okay. Um, no, I love the that song. <laughs> Oh, don't give me ideas. All right, so number nine. We know it's 007 in New York. Uh, <laughs> number eight. It can never be off the bottom of any list. It's Quantum of Solace. Uh, number seven, Property of a Lady. Number six, From a View to a Kill Bill. Uh, watch Kill Bill, great film. Uh, number five, the Colin Hilda Dexter Smice Penis Rarity. Uh, number four, For Your Thighs Only, the, um, the, the fourth Austin Powers movie that never came to fruition. Remember, do you remember hearing about that? That's what they're going to call it. 
No? All right. Uh, number three. That's a sex reference, Colin. Uh, number three. Whoa. We did it. Make it into the top two. It's the Living Daylights. Uh, and number two. Risico. And at number one, um, I want to stick it up your octopusy. <laughs> number wow, one overall that's story good list. Yeah. is the one with the least amount of James Bond in it. Um, <laughs> good job. Now, uh, but uh, I'm happy with it. Like I, 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 I'm, I'm kind of like everybody too. else. I, when, when I was reading this, I'm like, oh, I'm probably going to be the one guy who has octopusy in my number two. <laughs> Look at our, our pussy. We're all agreeing. It's my little octopusy. That's our little octopusy short story. Uh, now, are we going to do quickly our kiss final bang bang thing? Because I've done math and you know I don't really oh, do Colin's math. Colin's got to go. I think he's frozen. He's like having a stroke or something. Oh, there he goes. Do you want to stick around for this, Colin? Or do you do you have to really go? What are you doing? Yep. Cool. Uh, he's, he's not frozen. He's like, if I stay still enough, I'll just Dexter leave. Smith has taken over. You're back, Colin. You're back with the dog. Okay. All right, let's go over it. You got, you got the numbers. Let's hear the numbers quickly. Oh, hang on. You're going to play the songs. It's got to keep the consistent. 60s version. Um, what are we doing? Do you want the 60s version? I don't know if I've got those ones. What do you want? The rankings? No, we've done that. Um, okay, let's just play the what song. You... <laughs> I don't care. Mr. Biscuit. Bang, 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 bang. mute myself, Ben. Is that still too loud? I've turned it down yeah, this week. A, I'm in a hotel room. People next door are thinking, what the frick is going on next door? Um, okay, so I've got the final counts because, of course, I'm a nerd and it's probably the nerdiest thing I've ever done in my life is I went through and counted all of the things for the books like we did in the uh, films. Uh, so... I'll just go quickly. From a view to a kill, had one kill, and I counted a late. Oh, false advertising. Maybe controversial. Maybe controversial. For your eyes, only three kills, one lay. Um, Quantum had nothing, <laughs> including plot. Risico. Sorry, I just I love seeing Colin Hilding get mad off screen. People are calling yeah. it sick to his way. He's getting making. I just I don't think he makes money because he's in work hours. But uh, yeah, this. At least we don't edit this so, out. When I'm recording with him, we've got to edit this out. So, you know. He's just so expressive on camera when he's mad. Like, he, he, should, go, yeah, he should go into improv or something. He's very expressive. Well, when we do risky oh. business on our Patreon, we go, oh. he's going to be the star. Risico, one bond, James Bond, two kills, one lay. Hildebrand Rarity, one lay. Quantum had nothing. Uh-huh. And let's see, Octopussy won James Didn't Bond. did Quantum technically have a lay because, well, two, because, like, he... Oh, he we're only counting with Bond, though, aren't we? I was going to say, like, non-Bond Bond characters. Okay. Right. Otherwise, with, like, the Lupec count would have been super, super high on us. <laughs> no. <laughs> I can uh, say it. Uh, Living Daylights weirdly had nothing. Well, he probably rooted right. Saunders. All right. Um, property of a lady had nothing because he didn't bang that guy at the auction. Um, although Colin implied it. Um, 007 in New York had nothing because if you think about it, his lay with Solange is just in his imagination. That's not really a lay, right? Like the comedy in that movie. Because <laughs> <laughs> right I could say, oh, yeah, I banged 10 women tonight. That didn't mean it happened. <laughs> 
<laughs> that is a joke. Uh, <laughs> so nothing. Even, but he technically imagines one lay with Solange and three martinis. Who doesn't? Okay, now the totals. After 23 stories, and I've even done the film, got the film, so we can compare. Oh, look at you doing your homework. Come on, holiday. You might get a pay rise this month. Take note, Colin. No, I won't, because Colin used all the budget on these $2 audio. Colin's so sad right now. I just don't know. He misses his dog, do you think? His Dexter Smart isn't working properly. Uh, He's working. He's making money right now. We shouldn't delay this episode any longer. No, but it's funny, though. Um, so here's the total for the Fleming books for all of James Bond, Bond, James Bond. So he says it 10 times, uh, himself plus three other people say it. And Fleming says it twice in like the narration. So technically in total, like 15. So what, what do you think? Is that higher or lower than the film? Lower. Lower in the films, 27. There were 23 books or stories and 25 films, uh, 38 kills. Obviously, the books are lower. He has 402 in the film. Doesn't Brosnan kill more in Goldeneye? Well, No Time to Die, I think Craig's got the record now, doesn't he? About 50-something, doesn't he? Uh, Lays, 18. Less. Do you remember in the film? There's like 20-something in the movies, isn't there? Solid 60, apparently, according to our list. (laughs) Did you make a typo? (laughs) Did you make a typo? I feel like 60 is high. Well, I guess 25, that's like... Two and a half a film. <laughs> yeah, well, How many gypsies did he sleep with? <laughs> I mean, well, he did have a threesome in From Russia With Love and he fucked two other women in that movie, so there's four alone in that film. Is that a typo? We should go back and no, check. I, I got this right. off the no time to time. 60 leaves. I think that, that has to be right. Again, 25 films, you think about it, like two and a half a film. That's about right. Connery. Bye, Colin. All right. Wait, fuck. Oh, he, he never hangs around, does he? I know. He? He's still like... I just don't get this, man. Like, I can start 15 minutes early. Doesn't even say goodbye to our loyal listeners. He's just like, see ya. People are going to be hanging on. The this episode's going to end. They're like, what is, happened to Colin? This is why Bond Twitter doesn't acknowledge us. You know? We don't get nominated for Bond Twitter awards. We're not in the top 24 Bond podcasts. It's, there's a reason. There was that period where I disappeared for two years, and now we're currently going through a period where yeah. Colin always leaves at the end of episode. When, when are you going to leave? Oh, I've got nothing else to do. Like if I Google, <laughs> if I Google, how many women does Bond sleep with in the movies? They say fifty-eight. Oh, so we added two women somewhere. I love, I love this. This is from the National Institutes of Health website. Bond has sexual relations with 58 women. 22% of the women had consumed alcohol. In none of the films was any type of contraception mentioned or used. A total of 28% of the women did not survive the film. Are they implying that Bond got them all drunk, didn't use a condom, and then murdered them? Or like the, the diseases that he gave to them. Um, Fuck you, So, Stop it! Uh, Still here in spirit. Stop it! Yeah, he's always living in our in our head. Tiffany Case um, is probably one of the strongest Bond girls. Stop it! <laughs> he's making money right now, and they, uh, next time we shouldn't let him leave. No, no you've, you've agreed to do this. You it's make not a commitment roles. to us. You it's stay. not survivor roles where people just come and go. We 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 have this episode. We have the time. We stick with it. Who's hosting now? He's the host. <laughs> we can never end. 
<laughs> but we're stuck in this episode forever. We don't have somebody to close the episode off. <laughs> it's like an episode of Black Mirror. We're stuck on the podcast. We're going to be like 80 years old. Colin. We can't leave. Uh, yeah, Colin, we need you to end it. We need you to finish us off. Fucking lazy. <laughs> Gets a dog, buggers off, whatever. Yeah, I'm Colin. I've got to walk the dog. Do, 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 do. <laughs> What's that um, walk the dinosaur? Remember that walk the dinosaur song? Open the door, walk, get on walk the walk like walk. an Egyptian. Everybody walk like walk a walk the dinosaur. Sorry. And Martini's uh thirty-seven. So what do you think? Higher or lower than that? I think that's more. It is more. Finally, film yeah. book bond beats film bond twenty-five, measly martini. Yeah, because there was a few there's definitely a few films where he doesn't have any. I remember that off the top of my head, right? I think that health website owes James Bond an apology. He gets laid 60 times, but he only has 25 martinis. Did you count the extra martini, though, on the living daylights? <laughs> in that case, uh, there was no extra martini in the book, Living Daylights. Well, how did you know? Did uh, you double check? Did you get a listener to read in and, and write in and watch it? No. So just to recap, 10 Bond James Bonds, 38 kills, 18 lays, 37 martinis, and we're done with the Fleming story. Can you and, give us a total of the films and, and books combined? Oh, oh, I'm really not good at maths. 37 Bond James Bonds, 440 kills, uh, 78 lays, and uh, <laughs> 62 martinis. 78 lays, and that's 78 different women as well. Yeah, and some multiple times. Sylvia Trench multiple times. That's my new goal. That's to get to 78. I want to beat James Bond. All right. (laughs) How much time do you have? All the time in the world. Better start somewhere. (laughs) So uh, I'm not going to ask you how many you're on, but how many kills are you on? Because you've got a lot. 78. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Martinis, that's doable. Bond, James Bond. How many times do I have to say? I'll sit here right now and do it for the next 10 minutes if you want me to. Is that going to be our new thing now that we've finished the book? We're trying to beat on score. We're going to murder Pete, so we're going to start murdering Pete. That's a hard one. Colin, like, Colin doesn't even drink, so we're off to a bad start. Well, Colin can Murder's do the murdering. Hard. He's got kids, so that's, you know. Yeah, I'll do the drinking. Colin can do the murdering. I'll do the sex. He looked like he was... He looked like... <laughs> I he guess. looked like he was going to murder someone. Do I have to, like, send evidence? <laughs> let let. Let Colin do the sex because he needs to use his little Dexter smite. <laughs> I just want to play the Dexter theme every time Colin takes his pants off. Ding, 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 ding. Could we end with that? Could we open that? Oh, no. I guess I'm going to take over the hosting. Like, Colin, we should message him. Like, Colin, you are hosting. We can't finish the episode. Can you come back? Can I go back to chat GPT and we'll get it to read us a script of a closing? Like, there we go. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Colin, we need you to finish us off. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to go to... I'm not going to do all of the Reader's Digest, but I just want to point out that Reader's Digest Canada ranked For Your Eyes Only Collection as the third best James Bond book of all time. Really? Thoughts, feelings? Behind what? Uh, behind... Uh, I did have it open. Behind... Um, yeah, behind. <laughs> Think, pad this out longer. Oh, there's a doggy. Oh, woof, woof, woof. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> uh, 
Fine. <laughs> can you go and chase fine. after that dog? Oh, come here, come here, Fido. Girl, oh, he's a good boy. Fine, Casino Royale and Moonraker. Oh. You wouldn't read his digest calendar, Moonraker. Yeah, we're often compared. Um, um, so, so, was I my dad something there? Or... Yes. And in terms of the books, we're done now. So, how do you feel about that? Well, again, back to my original point, I thought there'd be much more of a bigger deal made about this whole situation. We've done five fucking episodes on this. Get out Dexter Smythe out. Uh, <laughs> Dexter Smythe out for the girls. Um, yeah, it's it honestly like is something that I've always wanted to do. Like jokes aside, you make fun of me over all these years. It's something that I'd always thought about doing. I just never did. Um, but it's a good excuse. I finally did it. I got into them pretty quickly. I bought them like eight times in like three different countries and finally they're behind me on the shelf. I don't know where I'm pointing there. There. So I've got them all there. Um, but it was enjoyable. I, I I liked it. I enjoy my little reading times a day. I kind of, on the train to work, I read, lay in the bath, read. Um, and you kind of will touch on this. Obviously want to do some more ones soon. But I sort of said to you, like I'll take a bit of a break. I've got some other books I've got to read before I get to those. But um I don't know if they're books at all, like... I, I've never really been a person who re-reads books. Like, I read a book once, I'm like, cool, that was a book. Done. Um, Jurassic Park aside, just because I love the book. But it's just... It's that weird thing with, like, once I read a book, I don't really go back and read it again. So, um, I, having said that, I might read these again one day. But, um, yeah, I enjoyed, this, I enjoyed this project. I, well, in all seriousness, in the back of the books, they tells you, like, go on to some website and you've got people like... Ian McKellen and like um, other Toby people. Stevens does one. Yeah, well, I think there's um, yeah, there's a, there's a few I think there that are read by like prominent people, right? I think even um, uh, what's Rosamund Pike does. Was, yeah, that's what I Yeah, I was gonna say. Um, but so yeah, uh, I enjoyed this project and I'm intrigued to read some of these. Uh, I mean, are they canon? Uh, are the not like is this like Star Wars? We got like the Legends series now. Like, what? How do you classify the non-Fleming Bond books as what is what? Yeah, I guess it's like what, but Bond always was. Uh, it's always just been a bit loosey goosey in terms of canon, even with the films. Uh, until Craig, um, I've been there all from Ian Fleming publications, but I kind of think there's like the Fleming timeline, then there's just like the other timeline. So they're sort of. Partly canon, but also partly not canon. But do you know anything about the any of the continuation novels or anything to outside of what you guys have told me, or when you send us screenshots of things? No, um, like I think, like you, I mean, I've heard of like Trigger Mortis, um, and Colonel Black Hole Sun, like, um, like I've heard of the names, and like I've got a list written out of, um. Because it is like my project to own all of them and, and read them all. It's kind of like the same with the Star Wars books. I'd love to read all the, I mean, I guess the Disney ones now, but like, you know, I, I know there's a shit ton to get through, but I, I like reading those expanding universes. I like, honestly, like the ones that I would really love to read and I don't think we've ever really talked about it is the novelizations of the films because they obviously would add a lot more to it. I want to read the snuff dick stamper stuff. Um, so, but um, yeah, no, I don't really know if i know any stories i know there are some aren't they that are written in the timeline of the fleming novels there isn't mm. there a weird one that you have said that's like in the style of ian fleming like what does that even yeah. mean um i'm just plagiarizing his work um 
Yeah. ChatGPT. I'm intrigued. I, I, yeah, I don't really know anything about mm-hmm. them outside of what you've shared with me that I can remember. Yeah, it's a mixed bag. And each year I get through around maybe five of them. I'm not through them. I'm slowly working my way. It's a bit of a slog for some of them. But I feel like even the bad ones, there's some hilarious stuff in there. And, of course, the authorised biography is just madness. We need to get to that. Uh, so we will do, I think we agree, we'll do the three Horowitz and we've got to do Black Hole, Colonel Sun and the authorised biography. Maybe not immediately, but we definitely will get to them. I think it it's one thing me and Colin have never really discussed the continuation. So it will be fun eventually to get to some of them, but you did the Fleming ones. I'm very proud. Very proud. Uh, I, I, honestly, I didn't think we would get you. There we go. I didn't think we would get um, And yeah, we did it. And I, I even say, oh, I'll read the Jurassic Park book one day as, a, as a present for you. Do you like Continu- the Jurassic Park movie? I don't know if I've got your opinion on the movie Jurassic Park. Yeah. <laughs> I, I went to the cinema to see the, the third one with my dad and we got Steve's Kebab House. I was going to say, you weren't born when the first one came out. <laughs> I think oh, Steve's Kebab House? It's <laughs> clicked. I don't know why I have the memory of going to see Jurassic Park 3 and getting Steve's Kebab House and we were the only ones in the cinema. I've seen them all at the cinema, and I, including the last one, which we don't talk about. Um, I got to be in a cinema with Jeff Goldblum, Bryce Dallas, Texas, uh, Colin Trevorrow, and other people. They gave a speech before the movie when I was in New York. So I, oh, I, I breathed. I don't know if her name is Bryce Dallas, <laughs> Texas. <laughs> it's what they call her on um, the uh, Honest Trailer series. They call her Bryce Dallas, Texas. It's Bryce Dallas Howard, I know. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I double takes. Weirdly, that's also what I call my penis. So that's what I was quite surprised by. Uh, I'm going to send you, um, by the way, in the chat, by the way, I typed in this thing. So uh, I think we need to read this script because it's, um yep. So Yeah, it's time to go. And this turned into a bit of an impromptu rankings. We didn't, yeah. I don't think we planned to make it such a ranking one, but it's fun. Uh, so we've finished our blood oath. Do we know what we're doing next? Uh, I would, off the top of my head, guess it might be Sherlock Holmes in New York as we continue our Bond in other film series. If you're around, we might end up doing Casino Royale 67 uh, commentary. Although we've also now recently acquired a copy of the um, infamous Never Say McClory Again cut of Never Say Never Again. So we could always maybe do a review of that. Um, But no, I think rankings, we've got 58,000 ones to rank, but... You know, we always threaten, threaten. Hey, Rob, we're going to do the next Bond in another film <laughs> or else. Um, but who knows? Maybe our Daniel Craig interview episode might be next. Who knows? We've been keeping that up our sleeves for a while. And you know what I was thinking, just to make this episode go longer, I was walking down the street the other day. It, we're halfway through 2023. Barbara, I was with you. Give give the Daniel Craig ending. Give it some time. We don't need to rush. Like, let, We've said goodbye. Give us some freaking goddamn James Bond news. It's 2023, halfway through. We've said goodbye to Daniel Craig I, now. I think it's going to be, I think I've said this before, 2025, we're not even going to get any news. I think it's going to be years. It's just it's just the way they do it now, sadly. But would you not rather them maybe take their time a little bit rather than just rush into it? Like, hey, everyone, here's your fucking Idris Elba. Off you go. 
just at least announce that Idris Elba is going to be doing. Story came out. Did you see the interview with uh, Martin Campbell during the week that he said he claimed that Henry Cavill nailed his audition for James Bond, which is completely the opposite of whatever <laughs> what Henry Cavill said. Um, but you say that Henry Cavill nailed him. Yeah, well, with his. Um, that's why. He, <laughs> that's why he didn't get the but, job. But it, it kind of contradicts a lot of what I've heard from Henry Cavill and other people because, like, basically, like Martin Campbell's like, yeah, he was in great shape and he was really good. He was just too young. I think Henry Cavill's come out and said, like, yeah, they basically called me fat. That is why I got into shape and why I look so good in Superman. Oh. So, like, yeah, I don't know who to... Martin Cowboy, you drunk Kiwis. in like, 90 now. He's probably got Alzheimer's or something. Anyway, um, so we did it. Uh, so let's end it off. We've got, like, the chat GPT. Uh, what, did, what, what? I'll be what the other people who script? ask Colin. <laughs> yeah, I don't okay. know why it's so long. So because Colin Hilding is left us hanging and he's not here to finish us off, I'm going to keep saying that, uh, we've got ChatGPT to end the episode. Otherwise, me and Ben will be stuck on here forever. I, I gave the, this is the description of, please give us a script with Colin Hilding ending an episode of the popular James Bond podcast, 007, with the episode being about ranking the short stories of Ian Fleming. Make sure to mention all the hosts and end by throwing with a funny joke about James Bond. So that is what we're working. I haven't read this. No, I read this. This is this is how it goes. I'll do everyone else that's not Colin. Yeah, Ben and Noah notoriously good at improving on the fly, so this was going to go well. Uh, well, welcome back, Double O Seven listeners. You're tuned into your favorite James Bond podcast, bringing you all things Double O Seven from MI6 headquarters. I'm your host, Colin Hilding, and today we've had a thrilling episode that's shaken. Not stirred. We've been ranking the short stories of Ian Fleming, eh? And, and boy, did we have some heated debates. But before we wrap things up, let me introduce the things joining me today. First up, we have the charming and charismatic Bond aficionado, Laura, licensed to thrill Johnson. Laura, what are your thoughts on the short stories? Thanks, Colin. It's been an absolute blast diving into these classic tales. I must say, Fleming's mastery of suspense and espionage shines through in each one. But, of course, I have my personal favourites that always keep me on the edge of my seat. Oh, thank you for it. Thrilling, Johnson. And we also have the dashing and witty Bond enthusiast, Michael Martini Maestro Ramirez. Michael, any surprising on the rankings? I bet side note brackets here. He, he's got uh, a Spanish last name. I want you to be careful when you play Michael Ramirez. Hey, Colin. These are short stories. I like. Oh, God. <laughs> Packed up with an accident and in chief, I tell you, Fleming knew how to pack a puncher, and I had a few unexpected gems that stood out for me. The man certainly knew his way around the feeling plotted to his star. You should be uh, doing audiobooks, I think. Um, absolutely, <laughs> my business. Fleming's ability to captivate readers with his storytelling prowess is unparalleled. Now, before we wrap up, I'll leave you with a little Bond humor. You know James Bond's favorite form of online communication? Oh, do tell, Colin. Instant messenger. It says, oh, I 
I, I don't we have a Colin Love track? Um, oh, I don't have it on my board, but um, I couldn't resist. All right, folks, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you for joining us on Double R Seven. We hope you enjoyed our rankings of Ian Fleming's short stories. Remember, whether you prefer your martini shaken or stirred, stay tuned for more thrilling Bond discussions in our upcoming episode. Until then, this is Colin Hilding signing off. Keep the Bond spirit alive and keep embracing the double R7 lifestyle. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> Don't do that. Don't embrace seven that. lifestyle. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Um, and I guess Michael and Laura don't sign off. What? What? And what neither what, do Ben and Noah. What is the deal with chat? Like this, it's freakily fun, but also weirdly inac- inaccurate. Like it's it's what an invention. We, Michael we, and Laura. Terminator is becoming real in the next ten years, isn't it? Like this is. Is freaky. Colin seeing people podcasting behind our back? Is that why he had to leave? Oh, He's got well, a date with Michael and Laura. We're used to that, so. <laughs> that felt and flat. My, um, I don't want to have to oh. do this ever again. No, neither do I. Neither do I. <laughs> neither do I. Are we still recording? Did we end the episode? No, we were still recording. I thought we were actually going to end up oh. with a My Name Is and go to Taxi oh, Ride. Oh, that was the ending. Oh, that's uh, awkward. I might, but... <laughs> Cost myself some editing. I'm going to chop this like last 30 seconds out. <laughs> Fucking hell. My name, my name is no one. Uh, enjoy some <laughs> Taxi Ride. Did you just go... <laughs> Chewbacca, and my name is Dexter Slow. <laughs> this is a double on seven lifestyle. We're like, it's not recording. And. Became a scene of enemies. You could be there with me and make believe. I find a place for us to be alone. They're in the depths of our emotion. Don't you know, baby? Get set, everybody.
You want to know what I call my penis? Dexter Smythe. Do it.